The following program is not appropriate for young humans or the easily offended. We trust your judgment. Canadian Pirate Cast is filmed before a live studio audience. Our backs are sore from sailing all day. Oh my god, the countdown is so fancy. <laughs> I don't even have to do it myself. Oh man, moving up in the world slowly. Welcome to the summer special number two. Wait, no shit, which one is this? Four. This is four. This is late train reviews number two. It's two squared. Wait. Is oh, that right? Okay, so... Oh my god, is that even what two squared is? I don't know math. No, two squared is two times two, so that's two times square is four. So yeah, I guess it is. So I guess it is two squared. Okay, thank you. <laughs> math, gen- math genius. <laughs> um, Canadian Pirate Cast, Summer Special 2, number four. <laughs> Late Train Game Reviews, number two. Cue the theme music. Do we have? Oh no! It's we a, do have theme music. We paid for it. No, it's okay. Cool. It's uh, it'll be fine. I'll just like <laughs> insert it right there. And, I like mm. specials. I don't have to be serious at all. That's the cool part about it. So today, though, this special is extra special. Though I think that this is so far the most special summer special that we've ever had so far on Canadian Powercast. What do you think, Gummy Bear? I think so. It's our first real guest. Yeah, that's true. So factually, that is true. um our guest today is a much more famous than us streamer (laughs) who's been doing this for years and he's a good friend we've worked for him in the we worked for him in meat no we worked with with him in meat space (laughs) and he's the best poo chef i've ever known in my entire life pew pew hello that is me i am the pew pew you are the pew pew I pew for pew. short yes yes yeah, sitting here yes with but quartermaster gummy bear that's me we know this already and kid you're and you're the captain sure whatever so <laughs> cap today oh sorry what were you sorry what oh i just said cap fine i'm cap that's good that's that, that that's that's my pronoun that's on that's on point so there's no cap here. It's this it. is the captain. I, I am the captain now. I have no idea if I use that slang right at all, and I don't care. I don't think you're, you're not. You're not. Not quite. But <laughs> I, I am always the captain now. I am always a Somalian. No, was he Somalian? I don't know. From Captain Shouldn't Phillips. You I don't know. I just know the meme. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm like, look at me. Sorry. I am the captain now. Gummy bear. I'm the captain now. Anyway, so, so the two games we're going to talk about. <laughs> All right, anyway. Let's, uh, moving on. Oh, no. A tangent. Those never happen. So The Last of Us. Anyway, so the two games we're going to talk about today are The Hold Last on. of Us. Was up? There's a siren going on in the background. Oh, my window's open. Why do you open the window? Because it was hot and we were talking it is hot and we are talking it's the it's the island it's the vancouver island way 
every every room room becomes like a light sauna. <laughs> Tis the island way. Tis. So uh, now, thank you for pointing that out. So sorry, the two games we'll be talking talking about today are uh, The Last of Us and Horizon Zero Dawn. Two games that were originally PlayStation exclusives that are all, well, except for now Horizon, which is on PC. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, somebody else told me about that. I've been playing it on PC. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And how and do you, when, when was that? Like, how long ago did you play it? Uh, a few days ago. <laughs> the whole thing? No, not the whole thing. No, just... Man, you are a hell of a speedrunner. <laughs> No, I. I mean, I would believe it. I played through a good amount of the campaign, um, but I did a lot of wandering. But okay, it was mostly wandering. I yeah yeah. There, there's just so much to do, and I get distracted easily. I just yeah, that was it. No, that's straight up, man. That's why that'll be. That's why that's going to be the dessert at the end of, at the end of this because that's the that's the big one I want to talk about because I got I loved Horizon Zero Dawn so much. Mm-hmm. I am mixed about The Last of Us, and we're, that's why this is we're just getting that done. Okay, uh, but it's a big one. I just have a bit of an intro here to start off with The Last of Us before uh, anything, because it's this is the this was a big game at the time, and I don't know. I remember it was when the game first came out. It was that game that is that thing where everyone's like, "You got to play this game! Oh, it's so amazing!" And all the reviews are perfect and shit. And then for some people, I'm not sure about you guys. Yes, Stubby, I'll pet you attention whore uh the it becomes one of those things where you don't want to play it because uh, i don't want to i don't want to do it everyone's saying it's so good and you just you're over it how do you guys feel about that uh yeah there's games that definitely resonate but i honestly don't feel like there's things about the last of us that have outlived the game so far like the soundtrack the story itself the game is good but everything around it is outliving it mm-hmm. yeah and that's that's what i find interesting about it which is kind of why i think it's like i, I thought it was worth talking about at the very least mm-hmm. um so like in the intro i have here quickly is uh so is play it's still so this one is still playstation exclusive only for that it was developed by Naughty Dog in 2013. It was released on that was on the PlayStation 3, and then it was released in 2014, remastered on the PS4, and that was the one that I played. Didn't Naughty Dog do like Crash Bandicoot and all that? Jack, yep. Jack so, and Dexter. Well, I was gonna say yep. so. Here, here's their game list. That here's what's relevant. I think so. Math Jam, Ski Crazed. Dream Zone, Keef the Thief, Rings of Power, Way of the Warrior, and also Crash Bandicoot, Jack and Daxter, and the Uncharted series. And that's it. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot and Uncharted, I think, are the only things I've heard of on that list. You never heard of Jack and Daxter? They had three mm. games and racing. They were the Ratchet and <laughs> Clank that failed. Yes. Okay, I'm. I may have, like... If I see a picture, I'd probably be like, oh, yeah, but it just doesn't ring a bell. Yeah, it wasn't a big game. It, I just remember it being competing with uh, Ratchet and Clank. It was like a, the same game. 
funnily enough, the name when you what's the name again? Rat Jack and Daxter. Okay, when you say that, what comes to mind is Ratchet and Clank. So like obviously <laughs> there was that association in my head there without even actually like knowing that. So it's kind of like weirdly obvious. <laughs> oh, I think it's weird. They were both Sony competitive. They're they were yeah. both under Sony, but they're competing against each other. Yeah, you know, that happens a lot. I know. Just I, I like it when that happens. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's basically like you know the head of Sony. We all know his name, John Sony. He's at the top, and he's putting two different publishers and and uh, studios against each other. You know, like holding two voodoo dolls. Like, ha ha ha! Make me money. Just pushing them together. You know. <laughs> That sounds accurate. Um, my dream sequence was always, it's a coliseum, and it's like, you want money? I want blood. The last man standing gets it. Who will make me the best exclusive to compete with Microsoft? Throwing Uncharted at him, The Last of Us. They, they threw Horizon Zero Dawn, but it, it fell into the ground. Oh yeah, and all the PC rats picked it up. We're like, yes, finally! Yum 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 yum. Yes, finally, oh. delicious crumbs from the PlayStation exclusive. <laughs> Perfect. Fucking assholes. Excuse my French. It's uh, it's okay. I don't speak very good French either. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. I was gonna say that. I. Uh, they're also making nice. HBO. Go. They're making a show about uh, The Last of Us 2 on HBO. That would be cool. I, I heard about that. And and that's why I would also say that the story is outliving the game. I, I don't hear a whole lot of people playing the game as religiously like uh, Skyrim. That game is, what, like eight mm-hmm. years old? And people are still it's doing fresh run-throughs? It's mm-hmm. it's way old. It's it's is older it? than that. When yeah, did it come it's like out? eleven or twelve years old, That's at a... least, if not more than that. I'm googling. Here, I... December fourth, okay. twenty twelve. How many how many years is that? That's nine years ago. Oh, wow. F- okay. Bro, okay, that's still you, older. That's correct? still that's still yeah. older than what I said at eight years. I know, so... but it's, it's not as old as I thought it was. Get ready for the ten year anniversary edition next year, though, guys. Yeah, when it comes <laughs> out for the. Uh... <laughs> The the new Sony vape pen. Get, get your get your exclusive Skyrim release. Okay, quick side note. I'm really sorry, but what do you guys think about the Steam Deck thing? Oh, What's Steam. Deck? Oh, don't get me fucking started on the Steam Deck. Don't. Is that like the the Stadia? They're basically coming out with like almost like a Switch looking like console. Yeah, for Steam, it's a handheld uh, Steam console that can and play. And apparently, it weighs like almost game. like two pounds. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> which is actually so it's the Game Gear essentially comparison. It's like it's a fatter, taller yeah. yeah, version. That's with um probably probably just a shitty battery life, except for it'll be rechargeable okay. battery life. It, Game Gear had a shitty battery line. That's okay, sorry for point. the tangent. It looks, <laughs> it looks sleek. It looks cool. But we all know. But I, it, it, do, you, do you guys remember the Steam Deck? Does anybody remember the Steam Deck? No? What about how no. how bad the... Uh, 
how bad the support was for the the Steam controller, where you had to go to you had to go to modders in order to fix your controller. Oh my god! I don't know. I I don't really use them personally. The fuck. What was it? The uh, hold on. I I I have something about this, and I, I actually am very passionate about this stupid Steam deck. All right. One Share second. that passion, bro. Where is it? Okay. Steam controller. It 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 seemed cool, but it was just awful. The Steam Link. You know what that is? No, I don't. The Steam Link was basically just a little box that connected to your TV. It was so under advertised oh, no. and, and people barely knew it existed. So they eventually sold it for a dollar to get rid of all the stock. What about the, the, the Steam box, the the, uh, the apparent console killer? That it was just an overpriced PC with a brand name. Yeah, I do. I remember that one. And and what about the Vive? Or not the Vive, the, uh, the, the Valve Index. The VR trash. It, like, okay, it's not trash. The Valve Index is probably the best VR set out there. But it we came out... It, it, I'm so sorry. Sorry, I've, one last thing. I it came out with a glorified, like demo of a game. Like it was just one really good game, and then everything else is supported by indie devs, and then maybe like a triple A cash grab. Uh, that's my piece. Sorry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry. No, I agree with that. Uh, and don't apologize, Gummy Bear. You have to go rally. That's why you're the quartermaster. You rally so the crew. Ship emergency. Yeah. That's the thing. So as the captain, <laughs> I'm just the brand of the shipwreck, and you are the quartermaster. You keep the crew calm and stop them from committing mutiny on my ass. <laughs> I could just imagine them both like rising up with an eye patch and a hat on, just like. But <laughs> <laughs> oh time so no be now. <laughs> <laughs> make me walk the plank out of my office <laughs> um i'm sorry though finish your tangent though your your, oh, your that, passion tangent that was amazing it. no that was it actually that that was the last point i had that's fair yeah. i you know how I, I use stadia now to distinguish somebody as that doesn't know is a, is a very new gamer i i take it as anybody that plays stadia still or anything like that is kind of like that doesn't really have a console it's just kind of, you know what I mean? Like they're not super, they haven't been playing for very long or maybe they're just getting into it, which is all fine. But those are kind of, because I, I think that really, gamers that are really into it just kind of don't really, like the flaws outweigh the benefits, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, I don't know a single person that has ever owned a Stadia. And I know a lot of people online. <laughs> is that a Google thing or am I mistaken? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Google's weird uh, console <laughs> that they wanted to try and release. Oh it ju- it's just spying on you. It doesn't really. <laughs> 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 you don't play video games. It, it just spies well. on you. <laughs> you don't play video games. You play Ubisoft games. You play Ubisoft in my library. <laughs> I just sorry. I just had this image in my head of this Google Stadia, 
in like a dark room but this really menacing red light is coming from it and you're just like walking into the kitchen to get some milk at like 2am you look at this thing just staring at you like honey we need to move like a a really good like comedy horror movie yeah it's a modern howl. It's, yes, it's, it, that, that's totally what The stadium's coming from inside the house! <laughs> I can't let you leave, Pew Pew. No. I need to protect you. Yeah. You haven't had your vaccine. It's for your own good. I've had both of my vaccines, by the way. Ladies, if you're listening... I'm double vaxxed. That's a thing on <laughs> Tinder, by the way. If somebody that's no, somebody I that has is. unfortunately <laughs> resulted to Tinder because face-to-face dating is probably a nightmare during COVID. Mating season has been yeah. difficult for Birdman. Um, I saw I saw a picture of some of a lady wearing a, a shirt that said, uh, um, "All the all, all vaxxed and ready to fuck." <laughs> Oh, I thought God. that was really funny. It, it's funny yeah. from afar, but like if you knew that person, you'd be like, "Oh but man!" Like, why are you wearing that come, shirt, but, Melissa? I mean, come on, come on. Yeah, like, we, I agree with you completely. It's funny seeing it as a picture on the in, on the internet. Yeah, and that's that's as far as that goes. Yeah, I'm still waiting on my second shot, but I've had my first one. I got lucky because I'm technically in healthcare because I work closely with the optometrist. So I applied to be vaccinated early. So I had my first one in March, like mid-March. And then my second one was uh, like mid-late July or June. It should be, it should be like the next month for me or something. Like really, it's yeah. not going to take too much year. I mean, honestly, I got... sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go. Or I was just going to say I got mine last I got mine like just last week. Yay. What kind of the COVID shit? We don't want. It. Yeah, but it's, well, I guess it's we so are talking boring. about a game about a pandemic, though. So to be fair, that game has Last of Us has a pandemic. Mm. Yeah, so does every zombie story ever. So <laughs> we can talk about every one of those. Yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I have one last thing on this though before we go into the actual game. But um, I have a note saying that the sequel and creatively named The Last of Us Part Two is controversial for some reason. I actually don't know why. Something to do with transgender people, but I don't actually know if that's true or if that's just like a headline. It's probably a headline, man. Read if you read into the article, you'll see it's over nothingness more than likely. Yeah, it's probably sounds like a click clickbaity yeah. title for sure. It was just that there was a lot of YouTube videos. Like I didn't watch any of them, but it's like when I'm you know, like when you're scrolling through YouTube in a week and it just comes up and it's like blah 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 and this thing with all like a crap ton of them are about this. But I don't click on it, but Sorry, that's all I saw. It's it's all it's all dependent on what channels are talking about it. Like, are these mm-hmm. channels are the other videos rather intelligent, or are they just spouting out nonsense about how the Earth is flat? You know, like <laughs> there, anyone can make a YouTube video. Anyone can get views by clickbaity titles. I anyone can make a podcast. You. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very low bar for entry. <laughs> yeah, you, I don't know, man. I I think 
there's nothing wrong with the name The Last of Us Part Two. I, I don't know. It's, it's a great name. I was just being silly. I don't Horror actually, movies do it all the time. What's I don't, wrong with that I name? don't actually care. I'm just making a joke. I don't actually care. I care. I I care, God damn. <laughs> you care about, about The Last of Us. Okay, well then, let's no, get into part two then. Of this. Sure. No, it's a uh, design, <laughs> visual, story, and story. And we'll end with spoilers. Um, but anyone, any, any more comments about the politically driven Last of Us Part 2, which isn't political? Well, I haven't played it, and I think everyone... No, or the first one, sorry. The first one? There's political things about the first one. Are there? Are there? No, no, no. Or anything else about the... any? Yeah, sorry. I, I misspoke there. I meant to say the first one, not the second one. The only but... thing I have to say is it's the only zombie game I've successfully completed because they scare the shit out of me. <laughs> you just proud of myself. Right into yeah. the end. <laughs> it was on easy. It was on easy. I'm not gonna. I almost didn't finish it. There was a couple parts where I was like, "I'm too scared. I might not be able to do this. Fuck this game. Zombies are scary." Coming yeah. this October. Well, that's, that's all I want to say. The Resident Evil Four and Resident Evil Seven reviews by Canadian Pyrocast. No. Autumn special number one. Full playthrough on YouTube. I am. I was gonna get some jump cut footage of her of gummy bear screaming with the scary parts, <laughs> just for just a short montage. <laughs> this is against labor laws. Back to the Last of Us zombie game, though. We're an international so, ship, so there aren't those. For anybody that doesn't know, The Last of Us is a game about a zombie apocalypse, but instead of zombies, it's mushroom zombies. So it's like a fungi spore that invades your brain and you turn into a mushroom person. But the world's half destroyed. There's like zones of quarantine zones with authoritarian gunmen and stuff. And nobody knows what's going on. If there's even a government and where food comes from. It's all a shit show. It's a very depressing world where good actions are undercut by survival. It's a story about a man and a child traveling across the country. And the game ends in a way that where like everybody sucks. Everybody's a liar. Nobody ever. Everybody lies. Nobody's nobody's good. Everyone does crappy things for weird reasons. And survival is complicated. I mean, Pipu's right, where it's like um, a great story, and I'm surprised it hasn't even been a movie yet. So you're saying HBO picked it up for a show, which is really cool. I thought that was appropriate. I thought that I think it would I think it would work well as a show because like here's the thing. I didn't dislike this game. I'm shitting on it, but I didn't actually dislike this game. How's it taken this long to make it a anything? That's crazy. Because they had to go through remakes of books and movies and old TV shows first, and now they're going into video games and and uh, milking The Walking Dead to ever live shit. No, that had to die first. I was about to say The Walking Dead is the reason <laughs> why they haven't made it a show yet or a yeah, movie yet fair. because they yeah. fucked the The Walking Dead for like three seasons, four seasons consecutively. More than that, long longer than that. Accurate point. You know. That's why a lot of things don't get made. The World of Warcraft movie took forever to get made because they're worried <laughs> they wouldn't make any money. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, the video game uh, to movie genre hasn't hasn't exactly performed very well. A lot. The only one no. I like is Postal, and that one is bad on purpose. <laughs> Story notes: the main character is named Joel who's a grizzled old man. Uh, he has a daughter, and this is like the very beginning how the game opens. He has a cool relationship with her. I just want to say, Joel isn't an old man. He's middle-aged. 
aged. He's an old man by the time you start the game. Not really. It's in a world where people died like 60. He's like 50. I'm going to look up what his age is. Sure, do it. I got in trouble for being ageist. (laughs) I don't actually know how old Joel is. I just think about the gray beard, but that also... Just, just go on, I can cut it out. Just go deal with it and I can cut it. Oh my. This is why, see, this is why you shouldn't put money in unions. Swear to God. <laughs> Labor revolt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fine. No, okay. Anybody seriously, Jesus Christ. Some unions are fine. Sometimes they get corrupt, but they're overall, they're a good thing. Just sometimes shit goes wrong, is my actual opinion, but we're not talking about that. Well, when you pay people in gummy bears or lollipops, you're not really, you know, not looking to get real work. The crew gets paid in the honor of serving on the great ship that is the Canadian Pirate Cast. That is the greatest Canadian-themed island news-based podcast that also occasionally talks about other stuff and food that's ever existed. So... I could just do this right now without Gummy Bear while she's dealing with the crew thing because I'm just doing over a story thing for anybody that's never played this game or heard of it or on the fence about just kind of playing it because I think it's actually worth playing through yeah um and we can go in the structure of it later but story-wise yeah so the whole crux of the story is that in the beginning of the pandemic his daughter gets killed and they obviously have a very good like they have a really good relationship so he's like scarred by that um, early in the game, it does a good job of showing like everything's about survival. Like when things are first happening and they like, they're driving away and they can have an opportunity. I don't, this isn't really spoilers. Cause this is like the first 10 minutes of the game. They can save a family, but don't cause they're like, no, we gotta like, you know, it's just on us. So right off the bat, it sets a theme for just surviving, which and I like it when games are consistent with their themes and what they're trying to convey to people. Anything to say before I go on? <laughs> No, no, I think you're doing a good job of uh, giving me a nice uh, a nice picture to, to how the game goes. And honestly, to a lot of the people listening, uh, it gives a nice structure to basically how it starts out. Mm-hmm. You know, nice. um, like, like a, for example, I had no idea about how it's kind of like a dystopian future or anything like that. Like, I don't think that's really close. Honestly, if you get upset about spoilers for a game that's that old, there's something wrong with you. But if you like listening and uh, you want to learn about it, I think this is the best way. <laughs> well, I think that's good too, because I actually don't like spoilers. Aren't really a bad thing. I watched a video one time on it talking about how spoilers will some, most of the time they make people more interested in finding out how things happened. And that's what happened with me when I, there's a twist at the end of this game that that's what I'm leaving as spoilers to be curious. Everything else that feels like free game, but like knowing a spoiler at the end will actually make you more interested in that, which is kind of one of the reasons I actually ended up playing this. All right. Going from the main story though, and this is the majority of the game. And this is like why I think this would serve really good as a TV show. Um, originally, I thought movie, but like the movie, the, the story is a slow burn is what makes it work as a video game because the game is paced really well. But essentially, in the apocalypse, Joel's a he's a weapon smuggler um, in these like kind of dystopian districts. And he's given a job where he has to smuggle this girl outside of the wall into a different like across the country. Some 
story beats go by and then it turns out she's immune to the virus and that's why they need her to make a cue to the mushroom fungi virus and uh, save humanity so it starts off like and there's kind of like losses like there's lots of characters that pop up and just die because that's the whole point of an apocalypse game yeah uh but the, like there's a strong relationship built between ellie and she's kind of just like so I think her character model is kind of made on like a young Ellen Page. And I, I mean this before the transition, so I don't feel like that should be offensive. Activate PC mod! But this is because that's what I think who the character was modeled off of, because it's very distinct. Oh, you're... It, it does really look... Him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm pretty Everybody sure it is him. It doesn't he... he do the voice? I don't know. I don't think I don't think he does. I'm pretty sure I look this up, but because everyone says that it looks like him, but it's not actually... It could just be a coincidence, though. I, I always thought of it as Caramel, because she doesn't look exactly like him. Just very, um... Okay. Oh, oh, uh, there's, that, there's that one guy in Final Fantasy VII who looks exactly like Charlie Sheen, so, like, maybe. <laughs> oh, never mind. Ashley Johnston, whoever that is. Either way. <laughs> um, but anyway, she's a badass, though, and it's like a quick thing, again, early in the story... Um, she gets handcuffed to a pipe, but then rips it off of a wall and beats the captor with it and starts like, she's such a shit talker. It's hilarious. <laughs> uh, so, and it's cause, and it's, she's an interesting character cause the whole point of her, and I heard this on a video, so I'm not like the original thought of her thought of it, but it was that she's only grown up in this world where Joel kind of has reminiscent of what the previous world was like, where she was actually born in the apocalypse. So she all has only known this world. The wild. Yeah. So there's like interesting concept where it's like she doesn't like uh, she doesn't understand certain things of like the old world. It's a bit of a yeah, and the scenery is beautiful in the game. Like the graphics are really good. They did a good update for the PS4, and it was already really good on the PS3 at the time. And unlike again the original Final Fantasy, I feel like this game will age quite better than that, even though they're both like critically acclaimed. Uh, but this is um, this still, still game is still a bit janky here and there. As a game design thing, and this is just kind of a general thing as a bitch I have, though, it's I think it's part of the horror aesthetic, but it's not always clear when you're supposed to kill the enemies and not. When you're playing through it, and because sometimes it's kind of like you feel like, okay, you can just kind of escape them because you want to save your ammo because the game is very based on. (laughs) Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) You're a fucking animal. I know. I'm I'm a disgusting pirate. The game is based on conserving your resources, though, and making like little can bombs and shit like that and and finding the stuff. So you'd think that like they'd give you the option, more options to sneak past stuff and save your resources. But that's not always the case. And it doesn't like I don't want the game to carry my character, like walk me through it. But it's also kind of janky where it's not always clear. But I think that also may be part of because it's like a horror game. Yeah, and I think that's just an interesting thing with the game because they're both like PS this and both Horizon are both PS4 darlings. One thing, similar thing between I think a lot of games. How consistent is this? Is that yellow distinct like is a distinguishing like distinct? You can climb this thing. Like have a yellow stripe on a thing that means you can climb it in a video game. Yeah, pretty. It seems, it seems like a pretty universal color to use for that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, that or red. It's just a bright color that gets your attention. Fair. I always thought I wondered if it was like a, due to the colorblind thing, because some games have that option now to swap that on, but that might not be as common as I think it is. I, th- I think it's more or less for... Yeah. It's like it's like bumpers when you're playing bowling, right? It's to keep the... It's to keep everyone <laughs> on the track, right? 
matter how good you are. And, and yellow would be would be bright, like uh, it would still be just I think distinguishable for most colorblind or the most common colorblind types. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of them do use white as well, but it, yeah, mainly yellow or something like that. How about a nice poo brown. <laughs> That would be the future as a game to stand out. Uh, it's just instead of instead of a nice yellow like paint over, you know, some sort of texture. It's just a turd. Just a, <laughs> that's all it is. You have to jump and grab turds, and you paid money for this game. You're like, oh, where do I jump? And you're looking around for poops. Yeah. Look, this lead has shit on it. Yeah, it's a Ubisoft <laughs> game. Lead has a poop. <laughs> you have to pay for the DLC and the microtransactions, all while. Playing this <laughs> shitty game, grabbing turds, and you enjoy it, and you go back to your Amazon job, where Overlord Bezos is whipping his his underlings, and you say, "Yeah, this is life." Coming soon to a game store near you, Assassin's Creed Eight. <laughs> yeah, as we get further and further up in history. Microtransactions include not having shit on ledges. <laughs> Just be like trying to fill out your Amazon quota where you're fucking running and stuffing through the Amazon warehouse. Oh, God. <laughs> we need to save this for another day. Yep, another yep. day. Fellow sailors. Yep. Uh, back, to the, back to the game, though. I want to talk to this as a story building thing for The Last of Us because this is actually a really good detail because... Um, I mentioned earlier the game is really good at pacing things, and Gummy Bear can comment on this because she beat it too. But the game's good at pacing between like, okay, figure out what you have to do, where you have to go, avoid these traps. Um, oh, hey, here's a lull moment where you're going to gather resources, you're going to like explore the town and interact with shit. And the AI is interesting in this game because your partner AI is terrible. The character is great, but the AI for like Ellie and anybody else that follows you around is effing terrible <laughs> where like they'll end up like you'll be in a stealth part and they'll be running past the mushroom people and they won't set them off because the game is like smart enough to like not punish you for crappy ai but it's also just kind of like okay well like this game is not going to age well i think like it's not it doesn't ruin the game but it just stands out as like a that's not as common in like modern in more modern games but there's a lot of building things with like Ellie. She kind of explores town. Like she finds darts, talks about like kind of music records and like, oh, it's kind of bummer that like nobody can listen to them. There's a lot of like relatable building shit for her, with her worming her way into Joel's heart, kind of like a parasite, almost like a mushroom fungus parasite, if you will. So the story has like a lot of really intense beats where like, again, here, let's get into more spoilers for late later game. But you meet two brothers, you build a relationship one turns into a mushroom person, the other one kills himself. It's just all a dreary, sad game. Um, <laughs> but, oh, sorry, I meant to oh, fucking... Dear. One last thing about fuck. Sorry, this was for the AI part, but this is actually for the enemy AI, because the enemy AI is actually really good. This is And this is actually where the game stands oh, out. No, I, I thought like it was so it. good. Like, the humans... <laughs> The humans react to whether or not you pull a gun on them or any if you, fi- if you fire a bullet or not. Like, they're actually pretty responsive with that, except and the mushroom people aren't, because they're like mushroom people. Uh, and the stealth is a bit like, uh, that's not also going to age well, I think too, but the game isn't like a pure stealth game. So I guess I can kind of let that slide, but the actual human AI for enemies is really good in this game. I imagine it was really good for the time. So, and I think that'll be age well, like the gun gameplay is pretty cool. And the game like kind of swaps stuff up between 
different areas with enemies kind of going around and do you sneak around and try to shiv everybody when you use up your bullets and depending the game is a really good way to depend of regulating how much resources you have based on your difficulty level with like it's uh, resource meters and there's like blade story too and i just want to point this out because i thought this really stood out but there's actually like a nice set piece where joel gets like injured through like a kerfuffle um he gets like a, a steel rod through his gut and there's a nice segment of Elliot Page like hunting a deer and you follow the blood and it's very just kind of like tense. I don't I won't get into it. Yeah. But it it's a, it was just a nice little set piece where you're playing again. You're not playing as Joel because she's trying to take care of him. And that escalates and ends in some can't, some stuff that I can't talk about because Gummy Bear is making a face. But it's let's say it's a cannibal. It's a it's a shit. Sorry. Apocalypse staple. <laughs> it's an apocalypse staple. After that, after that pace, there's like a cute moment where there's a crap ton of draft, drafts in the city, and that's a super like heart. That's like a super relief moment. So it's like you made it past this atrocity. Now you get to go pet some giraffes. So the game rewards you for going through the hard stuff in the apocalypse. <laughs> yes, yes. Let them pet the giraffe. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that'll make them feel better for the trauma they just got. Because yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty messed up. Uh, that part I'm not. I can't talk about. Now put one of the zombies on the other side of the giraffe and jump scare that little bitch. <laughs> there is a zombie movie about like a zombie thing going on in a in a zoo, and it's it's definitely like a comedy, but it is really funny, and there's like elephants and giraffes and shit in it so yeah all right i'm, I'm actually <laughs> laughing well that, I, I, I want to see that movie really it's I, really good it's really good because of how bad it is like it's one of those. is it is it a chopping mall it's a chopping mall yes it's bad on purpose oh. um, that's fantastic uh, now, this is getting into super spoilers for the end of the game for story structure, but when you finally get her across the country and you build this bond with Ellie and you finally let, finally let her into your heart as Joel, you find out that the resistance group called Firefly that you have to, uh, that you have, that you've been trying to help this entire time to make the cure for the virus, they have to kill Ellie, like, because the fungus parasites like deep in your brain so they basically have to like cut her brain in half to get the cure for the virus and they're not even completely sure if it'll work they're just pretty sure it'll work so it becomes a huge thing where joel's like fuck this shit ellie deserves to live because now he loves her like a daughter and it's the cutest thing and the game ends with you you go through a hospital you gun down a bunch of firefly people and then you carry her out of the hospital and you kind of i can't remember if you have like one gun in your hand while you do it but the point is you kind of get through there while people are shooting at you and it's like all tense this actually made me cry because this was like they start playing some music and this is where you're both right where the soundtrack for this game is going to outlast the game itself because like I, I started tearing up and crying like a, like a baby. It was it was so sad because like he loves her so much and he's like sacrificing the world because he loves her and stuff like that too. And there's kind of it was just like a really nice moment like that. And it also kind of is like that tricky thing too though because again he's also being selfish for humanity but you understand why. And it's kind of like, it gives you all these gray feelings and emotions. So it was very well done. And the game ends with a lie with shit. I think, God damn it. See, her name is Ellie and there's Elliot page. So he's really fucking sorry. Well, no, that was her at the time. I'm just saying though, that's like, so maybe it doesn't matter. He was based on that though. So that was like probably what the character was based on it. Whatever. 
Whatever, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Ellie the character, <laughs> Ellie the fucking character, not the new actress, wh- whatever their goddamn name is. Oh I don't God. fucking know. I don't want to put Hollywood shit. I don't care. <laughs> I don't give a fuck shit about Hollywood. Anyway, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I just don't t- give a shit. Okay, so, but it ends with Joel lying to Ellie about that she's like, oh, hey, like, what about saving the world with my thing? And he's like, oh, it's fine. There's other people. You don't need to worry about it. Like, they have other people. They don't need you. And so the game ends with, like, a huge lie, and that's the whole point of it, is that everybody is kind of lies and is sketchy in this world for different reasons, and that's The Last of Us. And I think that that's, I think that how gut-wrenching this game is, is, like, a final thought, and me speaking off the cuff of what I had, like, written for notes while I was playing, the game makes you, like, just wrench your gut a lot in these emotional moments, and you kind of empathize with characters, and it really does a good job of building the previous world and, like, the humanity in people, and the loss of that in this, these di- in like the apocalypse and this really bad apocalypse. So it's just interesting. And I, I think that's why the game would make a good story. But just there's a lot of jank in the video game that I don't think will age as well, which is why I'm interested in the HBO show. And that's the last thing I'll say. And I'll take a break now for a while because that was all I really had about all of that. <laughs> no, that was good. I, <clears throat> I honestly did not know anything. Well, not anything. I, I didn't know much about the story or anything like that. Um, I was, you know, I had a basic understanding, but that was a nice uh, review. Gave, gave me a really good idea of it. I, like, what when, when it comes to the, uh, excuse me. When it comes to the soundtrack, at least the 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 string instruments are just so so beautiful and they they're so done well done like if i i don't know i've used it for a lot of different things well i agree with you like it's very it sets the tone really well and not in a way where like a problem with a lot of movies, or I guess maybe you could say this with maybe just, I don't know, I wouldn't say bad media, but maybe like a lesser quality media is when the music is very forced, just trying to force a tone mm-hmm. where like, and you know more about music than me. So I like, I'm not, no, I, no. I know very little about this, but I, I guess it's like, Go ahead. I feel that music is best when it's like a frosting on a cake where it's adding to it and enhancing it. It's not forcing a mood on a thing, right? It's not like, oh, we don't know how to make the scene change this mood, so force in the music and kind of a weird writing insert here. Because the game is very well written. And that's what Naughty Dog does like really well with these stories. But yeah, the music just makes it like fucking mint. Yeah. yeah. Like when when things line... When they bring the music in after the tone is set, like they do in uh, The Last of Us... They do in a lot of different games. One that sticks out for me anyways, and I'll always remember because it was a great music cue, was Red Dead Redemption when you're riding into Mexico. You start oh. cresting over a hill at night. There's a sunrise and uh, Far Away plays from Jose Gonzalez. And it's just so perfect because it comes in at the exact perfect moment you're controlling the horse and everything but the music just comes in at the right time it you know everything aligns perfectly and that's one video game moment that i will always remember 
and that song itself i will always remember and the last of us soundtrack is another thing that i will always remember because of all the things i've been able to use with it or just using it to to set the tone of literally anything if i'm quietly sitting in my room reading something i put it on because it it's just lovely i uh, i couldn't agree with more on um, enough more with that um with that analysis. And I'm so glad you said the name of that song, because I, I also remember that moment you're talking about in Red Dead Redemption. That was, that's iconic in the series in how it's coming over the sense that it's in the story beat where after you've done like a huge mission and you just unlock New Mexico, cause you can't go down before. Cause like, you know, rockstar games limit off the different areas. And yeah, like the entire, the music in that game is good, but there's no kind of really lyrical song the entire time. And then when you get that, it just the I agree with you that that will also be like that'll be in my like heart forever that, and like in, in, as a gamer sorry that's a really good point is the the non vocals music I just that was something that I always thought of but I, I I wasn't really reminiscing about now that I think of it yeah that entire game there's no lyrics at all but you get to this new land you get to Mexico. And then all of a sudden there's lyrics and you're like, whoa, it's chilling. Oh, mm -hmm. man. Ah, the nostalgia. Ah. Oh, God. It's so good. Okay. And yeah, and it was actually like, yeah, I think in a more compressed, it was in a more compressed way than like Red Dead Redemption 2, which has like 10 times the, the gameplay um, content. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, like the original Red Dead is a solid experience within itself, actually. Um, I'm not sure if I'd replay because Rockstar games are so huge all the time. But like, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna add that song that you told that they mentioned now. Cause I already forgot the name because I'm high, but I'm gonna add that to my country playlist because, man, you're right, just chills when you hear that shit. Yeah, I, I never made it all the way through Red Dead Redemption Two just because. As I was playing through the story, somebody told me the big spoiler. I won't say it because the game's still relatively new, but it basically ruined my motivation to get to the end because I knew how it happened. And unfortunately, it wasn't like how you described it, where you're like, oh, well, I want to know what the fuck happened, so I'm going to play through it. Unfortunately for me, I knew exactly what happened. I was past a point where a big thing happened and at the very end you know the 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 big big thing happens and and i already know all of it the game was just ruined and i haven't been able to go back to it but i thoroughly enjoyed everything i did play no that's legit and i actually have a i have a thing where i it's because of the ending of the first game, which also we won't spoil because I don't want to give away this, this one. But if anyone that's played the original Red Dead, you'll know what I, or sorry, the, the original Red Dead Redemption, not Red Dead Revolver. Yeah. <laughs> um, the ending of the original Red Dead Redemption pissed a lot of people off. So why they did that in Red Dead 2, they did that because they're like, oh, because this is what people wanted. But that was what they wanted last time. And it's kind of the problem is that they built up this this character into the exact same effing thing which i think is extra funny kind of it's in how tone deaf it was 
but the game is still good. But I agree with you that after you beat it, I don't, I don't think it's worth playing. We're talking about Red Dead Redemption Two and the um, big sound, okay. the big soundtrack thing from. Did you ever? Do you know about the? Uh, what was that song called again? Pew. Uh, far away from Jose Gonzalez. Probably haven't, and haven't played the game so. They're just a great thing, and uh, well, I can tell you about it banging after the podcast. No yeah, point no in backtracking. Um, I was, before we exit off the last of us, though, and the final thoughts on that, do you have any thoughts about the soundtrack? Because that's what we were finishing up on um, before we got red. We trained tangent onto Red Dead. Choo choo. Uh, you know, to be honest, um, it's been a while, so I don't really remember it, um, and I haven't listened to it separately like I do with other soundtracks of games. Mm-hmm. Um. But like I believe you guys that it's really good, and you know I'm actually like because you've said that I want to go and probably check it out and just listen to a couple songs myself, just you know, because if I can find more like instrumentals that are just really great, I would I would really appreciate listening to them. But otherwise, I have nothing else to say. Okay. Uh. Are there any, uh, so I guess because, uh, I guess because, yeah, Pew, you haven't played the game, so you can't really give an opinion on whether someone should play it or not, or, um, but do you think you'd want to play it? Like, after just even just hearing us talk about it like this? Yeah, I mean, if, (laughs) (laughs) if it ever came to PC, I would play it. I will not, I will not buy a PS5, mostly because I really don't think that i want to shell 500 bucks that way i agree and i'm not gonna buy it for a ps4 because i don't want to play it 30 frames what like, <laughs> once you once you play a game at like 200 frames there's no going back you can't you see master race. i understand i get it yeah. oh yeah we should clarify for that too is that pew 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 is a master race um and that's well, why don't you... say that by itself you have to preface oh, it with oh, pc oh my god if we're talking about video games <laughs> no, I'm I'm <laughs> no the pc oh. master race man no that's true <laughs> i have played I... a lot of consoles but I've i mean if you have a really good computer then it's superior for sure yeah it's basically it's been a while since i had a good setup so yeah i don't blame you for not buying the thing immediately either that's why this is late train game reviews because i like video games but i don't like to spend a lot of money so these games every game i review will be really late and i probably bought it on sale for five bucks yeah both games we're planning talking about came with my ps4 which i bought (laughs) well no i didn't buy it the fuck is wrong with me busy day no it was a christmas gift (laughs) She, she stole like it from Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> she punched a small child. No, I got it for Christmas, and it. I watched her running out of the Walmart, just pushing people over. You were there. Does it? If doesn't that make you? Doesn't that make you like a culpable if you like know who I am and you don't turn me into the police? We're all anonymous. No, I'm not. I'm not. No, it's it's not my just, responsibility to stop a criminal. He didn't want to stop. He didn't want to tackle a stuffed bear in the parking lot, and everyone looking at him like he's a madman. Yeah. Why are you tackling that stuffed bear, Pew Pew? Yeah, this bear is real. I swear to God, <laughs> it's stealing this thing. I just go. I just go like go Toy Story. Go, 
go Toy Story, and then, like, it looks like he's stealing the PlayStation. My pocket's just full of spaghetti, and it's falling everywhere. I don't know what's going on. No, it came with uh, God of War 3, Sweet New Horizon, and The Last of Us, yeah. So there were, those were the first PlayStation 4 games I ever played very late after their release. <laughs> Much very late. <laughs> so I get them. I'm always like five to ten years behind, depending on the console. <laughs> oh, but like N- N- Nintendo, I'm always up to date. <laughs> I, I get that too. And I'm, I, I balance between Nintendo and PlayStation. This game, yeah, and the thing is, this game, Sony will never let this game go because it's it's the exclusive that gets people coming back because it's like an exclusive story, and it's I think it's a Naughty Dog thing too though because I think all Naughty Dog does are exclusives for it. But as a final tangent though, just gummy bear before we go for our break, uh, what would you what would you rate this game? And like, and say don't think about a number system. Like, how would you rate it in general? Like, and just should people play it, or what do you think about it? Play a little bit of it, go through it. One last thing about the game I want to point out is the game does reward you for replaying it at different difficulty levels to unlock costumes for the character. I don't think they're very good costumes myself, so it's not uh, worth it for me. But the game does reward replayability. I just think it's worth pointing out. Well, as someone who played it on easy, because I probably wouldn't have beat it without that because it's it was terrifying. <laughs> um, the clickers. Oh, fuck the stealth the fucking stealth missions I just could not like I would just like oh, I can't it's my one it's my one weakness it's like the one thing that I can't like horror wise I can't interact with is zombie games other than Left 4 Dead and Call of Duty Zombies the sound design was great the clicks were creepy the <sighs> game Great yeah, and they would just like come up on you, and they're like, oh, that like, was like terrifying screech too. Not I like couldn't. a jump scare screech. It was it was like a well earned screech and a violent death by your character. So yeah, the game. Um, but I would scary. give it like a, I like I would give it a solid eight. I mean, it was repetitive. It would like you know it would be like stealth mission, running mission, human mission, collect collect shit and just kind yeah. of talk to somebody and extra things. It's a find. little repetitive with. You know, it would cycle through those three things, but the story was great. Blah blah blah. We we've yeah. been through all that. Yeah, I give it. A, I give it a, at least an eight. Mm. Uh, shit, I had something else I was gonna say, but it's gone. Bye. I, I w- well, my own, my final thought on that was that I would say it's the crux of it is the story. So I would say that if you're not, if you don't have a lot of time in your hands, wait for the HBO and they might be able to do a better job with it. Cause I think it's a fantastic story with all that building, but the gameplay again is just not going to age amazingly well, but it's not terrible either. It's still pretty close to our generation. I just feel like 20 years from now, when you play this game, it won't be, it won't be aged very well, but horizon. And when we get to this, I'll say like, you play that 40 years from now, it'll be a fun game. Uh, but that was just my final thing on the last one. So I'd say play it. I rank this is the same as like Final Fantasy is that if you're interested in gaming history, because this game stood out as like a, yeah. it was a big game at the time, play it. And it's a fun enough game, but do it soon because it'll, if you do it 20 years from now, you're not going to have as much fun. Yeah. I I give it, uh, I give it 16 half empty Sprite cans out of 32 <laughs> pillows. Fuck that game, bro. Come to PC and I'll give you a good rating. As soon as you're on PC, I'll I'll give you a 10 out of 
10 of something. But until then... I know it's like a PS4 or a PS uh, PlayStation exclusive. But so, sorry, but he just made me think about something. Go ahead. But it is surprising that they like don't make more games... Um, for the play for you know pc always kind of gets it late yeah they they want to get the console sale first they want people to want to play the game yeah. so bad that they buy a ps5 so they buy a but PS4. Why, not get all the, why not get all the bags at the same time sometimes it's a development thing too like making it that. for different I platforms it's harder i know that i understand that but like it's just like hmm. if you're you know why i like consoles is because when i put my game in it plays like 99.9 percent of the time and that doesn't happen with computers and i don't have to are you what about every time i press play on a game it runs unless it's not installed <laughs> how, how many how many terabytes is your is your console storage do i need that many how yeah. many do i need i, ha- I need i have Why? so much porn so much <laughs> <laughs> no I, I i have a lot of like video recordings and stuff like that so i oh, yeah. i need a shit ton of storage also i have i don't know two monitors i'm hella accurate with a mouse and keyboard shit I was actually. I like. I like. I like gaming on my my computer, like as well. Just like, cause you can just like go sit down wherever the fuck you want. Like with my laptop, like if I want to play Among Us, which I haven't done in a while, oh, I can just go sit down wherever the fuck I want. Among Us, Pog, one hundred. Thumb up, flame emoji. Fuck. I know. I haven't, I, I haven't. I was on the hype. I I I bought into the I, hype. I played for the religiously for like three months, and then yeah. and then I, stopped. I haven't played since. Well, it's only fun if you're playing with friends. It's yeah. not as fun to play with randos. Yeah, you you need honestly. It was the best with voice chat. Like, there's nothing yeah, like yeah. playing Among Us with voice chat. Oh my god, playing playing with Captain Among Us. Um, every time. Every time he got imposter, he would do this little evil laugh quietly on voice chat. He'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, you're the imposter, aren't you? Because <laughs> he would do this subtle, like, fucking little laugh, like, I evil have, laugh. I have dumb laughs to give, give away my intentions. Like, when I think I'm hilarious, I do a stupid little stuff. No, but it, was, I, I like, it just, it just like, sounded like you were really not meaning to do that. You were just, like, unconsciously being like... <laughs> no, I get more aware of it after. Like, I, I, I bite my lip now when I become the imposter because I have to stop myself because it's like a reflex. We have to do a rematch, much- like after like however mon- many months it's been since we played it. I have to do it before school's back in. Yeah. Okay. We're tangenting. It's All right. Tangenting. So anyway, that was good. The finishing up that was finishing up in the last of us though, and like a quick Among Us review. Uh, we're gonna take a quick <laughs> break here, and uh, we'll recoordinate. Everyone's gonna go do stuff. Take a take a poop off the deck and all that kind of ship stuff. Yeah, we'll see you soon. And we're back with late train game reviews, reviewing the next game that I think is way better than the last one, Horizon Zero Dawn. Yeah. It's like eating your vegetables before your dessert. Exactly. 
<laughs> I'd say even like eating your vegetables before you eat your dinosaur meat. That does what? <laughs> I I don't agree to eating dinosaur. I think that's that's terrible. You should not eat dinosaur. Well, there is a character in this game that eat that eats metallic dinosaur parts. So yeah, but I mean, in like, every timeline, dinosaur meat. If there was dinosaur meat uh-huh. and it existed. I would eat it. I, mean, I would I, eat a dinosaur too. I ate whales, so I can't. But bother. it would probably be way, way too expensive for me anyway. What does whale taste like? Awful. It's awful. It's I don't really know fatty. the appeal to it. It's super fatty and gross. It's just. I think the appeal is that it's the only food that's up there. <laughs> it's just. It's no. I had it in Japan. It. It was disgusting. It sounds like it's probably really fatty to me. Yeah. Oh. Probably not very tasteful and tasty. Does it crisp up like bacon fat? Like a, just a crispy fat cube? Like a pork rind? Uh, you can. I had mine just like, yeah. Cooked all the way through. Mm. It's disgusting. Aww. Anyway, moving on from whales to a whale of a game. <laughs> no. What the hell the was... Moby Dick. No, <laughs> this is like a huge fucking game, man. Oh. Last of Us has last. You can beat the Last of Us in like fifteen hours. Horizon Zero Dawn is a huge ass game. It is. We'll give myself an award for the worst segue on earth because, as YouTube proved to us, we can just give ourselves awards. <laughs> <laughs> so, Horizon Zero Dawn was made by a developer, Guerrilla Games. They're the makers of Dizzy's Candy Quest, Rhino Rumble, Black Belt Challenge, Invader, and Shellshock Nam 67. <laughs> uh, also Killzone. Oh. Oh, yeah, just Killzone. Let's leave that all, out. Also all the Killzone games. <laughs> so... Yeah, and the uh, sequel's coming out this year, I think. Uh, her, uh, the Forbidden West, right? I have no idea. I don't know if it's coming out this year, but I, I know that they announced it. Uh, okay. Either way, um, what's cool is that the Horizon Zero Dawn is now on available on the Master Race console. So now so that's how Mpu was able to play it. Because originally it was a PlayStation launch game that launched at the same time as Breath of the Wild. And people were making comparisons and being like, oh... It would have won Game of the Year if it wasn't the same year as Breath of the Wild. And there's a whole thing, because they're kind of similar, but not really. True. Hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even hear about that. It was, at least what I saw, it was like a war thing, because it's like, because, well, Sony and Nintendo are compet- competitors, because they're both they're both based in Japan. Yep. But, well, no, also, wait, didn't Sony... They almost had a partnership together. Yeah. Yeah, but then Sony did PlayStation... And I can't remember if it was GameCube or 64 at the time. That probably 64 that Nintendo went for. They were like the whole like PlayStation concept with the discs and everything basically almost was going to be a Nintendo thing, but then they pulled out Mm. and Sony just did it by themselves. And did very well, obviously. Okay. <laughs> I gotcha. I never pull out. What? 
I, res- I, I, I respect that philosophy. I respect your philosophy on that. Just push past all the important stuff and eject in the heart to show you really love them. <laughs> Leave a memory. All right. So Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> About this game, so the theme of it, it, the game, this game is also about the post-apocalypse, but almost on a different scale. Now, we'll get me bear cackles in the corner. Uh, <laughs> the main point of the game is in the post-apocalypse, like machines rule the land, where there's like animal and dinosaur-sized metal machines that harvest stuff off the land and kill human beings, and human pe- people basically. For nobody really knows how, but essentially they've been nuked into this. They've been into this existence, and we'll get to the spoilers of what eventually the creation came from. But now, what from what they are now, they're like kind of primitive prehistoric tribe, kind of, but with a lot of leftover medical metal shit from all the metal animals that are around the wasteland, and the whole theme of the game is kind of nature. Like nature has taken over. Um, where like the wildlands, like it's all diverse, diverse content in the world you explore. But sorry, starting off with the main character, her name is Aloy. And she's this random baby that's born out of a giant metal door that these kind of primitive human beings think is a God thing. They uh, anyway, they think it's a god thing, and then this child that comes from this metal god, they're not sure about it because they think machines are like evil. So she's an outcast in her homeland, and then there's kind of like some progression, and she is raised by a really cool dude, and then some story beats happen, and then people die, and then she has to go on a quest for her tribe. <laughs> Does anyone want to sum that up in a better way? And then yada yada, and then... Uh... Well, this is a huge game, and there's a lot to talk about, but that's essentially... like She's she's also raised by a man. That's that's yeah. a big thing in that in that area, in that game. He's a really cool dude. Yeah, and she wants to be really badass and, like, beat the, beat the tribe's, like, um, like, test of test of will or i don't know how to the proving she wants to yeah. be the proving to be part of the tribe. prove herself so be- oh okay. she's an outcast because because people think that she's like she's like an alien or some shit and then so she was outcasted and the man is the only one who will actually like you know won't let the baby die and like raises him because he's outcasted for some reason and i don't think we learn why i'm not sure it's a complicated culture where the nora so the clans called them called nora and they have outcasts within their region and they're very isolated they're essentially switzerland where they just basically keep themselves no not even that i'd say because they also don't like outward people they'll kind of talk with them and like work with them peacefully but they it's against nora rules to leave your sacred lands so it's kind of a weird thing where you have people, Nora people within the tribe, you have outcasts that have to live outside the tribe, but they can't leave the Nora lands because if they do that, they're like mega outcasts. Yeah. And then they're super not allowed back. Well, like, so she's a baby. So they like give her at least a little bit of the like leeway where she like, there's scenes where you, sh- it starts out when she's a kid and there's scenes where she's like bullied or whatever 
trying to like say hello to other children and they're like no you're they throw rocks at her or whatever yeah and like um but she but like the the thing about the proving is like she's trying to actually like since she's since she was a minor basically it's like this like legal system so she's a minor she gets to prove herself after being outcasted as a baby to then become a part of the tribe finally just be teenager age she's like 18 it's 18 19. yeah it's she's like 18 18 she's like yeah she's like adult age kind i don't of. think they i don't know if they outright say it it's like 17 18 for sure it's like at implies, the least, though. yeah yeah um, so yeah, she, the thing is the proving allows even outcasts to participate and then whoever beats the proving gets to be like one of the Nora warriors essentially. And then, so then you're accepted to the tribe and it's like a big deal. So, and this is, a uh, again, it gets kind of weird, but essentially they, uh, are in union with another kingdom, which they have some bad blood for is the Karja. They do a proving all together with the Karja compete as well. But then in the middle of this proving, right before everything's settled and after a- Aloy wins because she's a badass, um, like Aloy is a super awesome character. Uh, some people, some Karja, of a, a different section of the Karja kind of barge in. They kill a bunch of people. They target Aloy specifically because, oh shit, we forgot this huge story thing. She gets this like headpiece that's like an old piece of technology. And the thing with her people is like... Or a lo- she finds it in a cave. Yeah, she finds it in a cave, and it's like your typical video game thing that lets you kind of pull up a th- your Batman scan vision and see shit. I don't know what to call it, but I just think of Batman scan vision it from Arkham. It reminds me more of Dragon Ball Z. I can't remember what it's called. I keep wanting to see the mirror, but it's not mirror. Uh, it reminds me of the Dragon Ball Focus. Z. Focus. Is that it? Is it called Focus? It's called Focus. Okay. Yeah. That makes and, sense. Um, like, Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then these these shadow men are mysterious because they also have focuses and most people don't so there's kind of a whole thing so she someone has to figure out what's happening go figure out and get revenge for the nora or something like that i can't remember somebody's kidnapped there's some weird story thing or reason why she has to leave so the nora appoints aloy somebody who is now a nora warrior this single thing that's like you are allowed to leave the Nora homelands and you can return if you want to. So it's like a hall pass essentially for the world. So you accept this, you leave the Nora, you need the Nora, leave the Nora lands and you go on your huge open world quest to figure out what's happening with this evil section of people that came to kill your tribe, why they're doing it, what their evil plan is and stuff happens. You, the primary weapon for this game is a bow and arrow and a spear that you can periodically upgrade with different abilities, which I felt were really well balanced and kind of like they meant something when you got them. Like you felt a difference, which yeah. is always important to me when you're upgrading a character. You want to feel the difference in your character when you get an upgrade. Yeah, 100%. Uh, definitely just as a bit of a spoiler for the build though, but the uh, multiple arrow uh, firing upgrade is the best one by far because it just, when you get it to two or three, it like wrecks things when you can fire three arrows at once at a thing the the rattler like the minigun uh, one or uh your bow so oh, you cannot the... get an upgrade if you can fire multiple arrows multiple arrows at once yeah, yeah, yeah you get the armor shredding ones which are like those pink heart ones that you just max out because okay so the game has when you get your weapon arsenal the upgrading system is interesting and i have a more in-depth thing to talk about it but it's like a weird crafting system where there's a lot of crap you get off the wasteland but you also get rewarded in missions and stuff with 
essentially loot boxes, but you don't actually pay anything for them. Yeah. You get materials from that, and that's how you craft things, but you also get mods for your weapons, so that's kind of how you upgrade their power. And there's armor shredding mods because, and it's kind of interesting on how you can build Aloy between like the dinosaurs, the machine dinosaurs that you fight. You can modify them to try to do more damage on direct area or shred off more armor and make them more exposed to more direct damage. So there's a lot of way to kind of get up your fighting style, but at all times you get shredded by nature. Like nature will make you its bitch at all times. If you're not paying attention, no matter how upgraded you get. And I think that's kind of a theme of the game though, is that, you always have to respect nature. Like you can't fuck around in this game. It'll kill, it'll wreck you. It is very difficult and annoying. If, if I play on difficult, like hard difficulties or the hardest, generally hard because I'll play the hardest for a bit, realize I suck. And then I go down to hard and I just slog through that. This game, like you said, it, you have to watch what you do, but it's super rewarding when you pull off combos or if you, you know, take out a, a, a couple of the, the watchers of a pack that you need to, you know, take down or whatever. There's a lot of rewarding feelings when it comes to combat, but if you don't save and you die after like an hour of playing and you just, you didn't think about it, you lose all that goddamn progress. There's no autosave. You have to go to a, like a campfire or something. Autosave has um, made us weak. To the credit, though, there are save points everywhere. They are there over are that lot, map. Yeah. Like, but if you don't, that's if like you don't how think about I like it, my pepperoni like, pizza. Like he was saying, is like if you just forget about it, right? You, because you, you're right. Games have I don't want to go out of my way to save the game. Most games do have autosave. You're right. I, I didn't think it was bad, though, because, again, it just kind of motivated me to plan stuff, right? Yeah. I think that it was, because, again, it wasn't like, it wasn't like save points were scarce. If they were more scarce, I think it'd have a bit, I think it'd be a bigger complaint for me. But I feel like they were everywhere. Like, sometimes they were so close, I thought it was ridiculous. But then once I realized there was no <laughs> autosave, I was like, okay, here's why. Because the autosave yeah. is that you go up to a fire, you press triangle, and that's a quick save. So instead of auto save, they have quick save, and then you can have your hard save for like no hard file to load from, essentially. Yeah. That won't get overwritten. It. Uh, it uh, sorry, go. It, it. It. I don't know, man. It. It definitely just annoyed the crap out of me. But it wasn't as bad as Final Fantasy X, where you had to go find the save spheres everywhere. Uh, and if you died that was it you had to go back to the save sphere if you couldn't find if you were somewhere in that stupid sphere grid temple whatever yeah that where you had to bring the balls and move the the toes oh my god (laughs) i have that music like drilled into my head from that game i'm never gonna try to (laughs) Oh god. That I honestly that's that's one of my favorite games, but that that room, that temple, that music that's the, that's in my nightmares. That soundtrack is when I'm being chased by gigantic crabs on a beach 
and I'm like slowly sinking in the sand and oh, oh, oh. no is is that one worth playing like because I, I hear a lot of people say Final Fantasy X is awesome but there's obviously flaws in it um, oh, like, I, what do you think I, I you, if you're a fan of Final Fantasy I would play it just for the multiple outcomes all the little things that you can do to get the legendary weapons and everything for each character there's okay. so much and the, the the cinematic scenes are so good um anyway horizon zero dawn yeah sorry just touching on that i might do that next year because right now i've already i'm, out, I'm final fantasy out this year because i'm doing i did seven paired with that last game and for the next game review will be Final Fantasy VII Remake and Octopath Traveler, two more JRPGs. So I'm like, no, I'm done for JRPGs for the year, uh, but I'll probably do 10 next year. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to Horizon, though. Um, and this is actually a criticism I have about the game, getting into that, is the day and night cycle is good, but I don't like that you can't shift between both because sometimes like you're doing a mission where you need to kill a specific uh, giant dinosaur that's like really stupid to kill. So you, but it's like so much harder at night when you can't see clearly. So, and there's no way to kind of like sleep and get past that. And so it kind of bums me because I don't mind day and night cycles in video games, but I wish that with games, especially with like combat being so tight in this game with that, you can't mess up. You have to be very careful and plan your stuff out and like dodge your shit. It's disappointing that you can't kind of plan out your hunts a bit more with like, if you were a hunter, you totally wait until better light before you go out. So it was a little thing, but I just thought it was kind of a bit of an overflaw. And there's also the inventory structurally. And this is like, again, going into the loot box thing. And I guess this is, that's not my final rant on that. But you know, when you have so many crafting things in your inventory, there's no way to like organize it at all. Not your weapons or equipment or anything. Yeah. And that's just kind of weird too, again, for something that's so inventory based, you should be able to organize it. If you're going to have a big game based on inventory. I, I I do find that there are a lot of things with the game that just don't make sense or could have been approved on, you know, easily with a patch if they rethought mm-hmm. it. But you know, they it's fine. Like it's a it's a like you said, a small part of the game. Mm-hmm. It's just an annoyance. But the day-night cycle, it kind of makes sense how you can't skip. Just like you can't uh, you can't auto-save. You have to go to a fire. Like, not even... Not being able to skip the auto-cycles, probably them trying to add some sort of hardcore or survival aspect. You know, where you have to really plan your, your hunts and everything. Um, just one second. Hmm. What's up? What's up, guys? Oh, has something to interject with that? I mean, I know I missed most of what you guys were talking about, and I just stepped back in. But um, the autosave and the not being able to skip nighttime thing—I think, like, it just at like it just kind of occurred to me. But I feel like that adds to the atmosphere of the whole game. So yeah, hmm. yeah, it, it, it adds like a survival aspect where yeah, realism is yeah, like where you actually have to plan everything and and like uh like the captain was saying um you 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 have to plan everything out like your route to a a save point towards your your destination and everything 
like the game rewards you for yeah. that if you do everything sporadically like i do you get punished for dying because you didn't save it all for the last half hour <laughs> then you alt f4 and you say fuck it i'm gonna play tarkov then you get even more pissed at yourself because you're playing tarkov now ah sorry I, I, I no want to. I have an actually an atmosphere comment. Is speaking on the atmosphere thing with this game. This actually has one of my favorite fast travel systems I've ever had in a video game, oh, yeah. where it encourages you. You can fast travel, but you have to make packs. You have to use up your resources, and they're like they're the meats you use for your health potion. So it's not nothing, and you have to. And so you can fast travel if you want, but you to any any campfire you've been to before but you have to uh, use your materials for it. So it's like, where's your priority? And there's other options for traveling around though. Like eventually once you get the mind control and you're able to take over robot horses and shit. Yeah. But I, I love the balance of it because I, I try not to abuse fast travel systems just because I, especially with open world games, the whole point is the exploring, but then if they're too big and getting and there, it's not convenient to get to place to place. then sometimes it's kind of like, it's just a lot of time and I don't have that much time to, do the full artist appreciation just because of how my day is. Yeah. So I feel like this gave a really good balance, but also with the survival theme where resource priority. Yeah, I I, I would agree with the, the fact that if I, depending on my time of day or, or what what's going on my day, I'm going to fast travel if I don't have a whole lot of time. If I do, yeah. hell yeah, I'm going to go explore every little thing. I agree with that. Well, I did that with the game and like, cause there's so many different beasts too. Like what was your favorite robot animal? Cause there's like robot deer with the antlers and they harvest the ground. There's giant crocodiles. There's actual like kind of semi Tyrannosaurus Rexes. Like what was your guys's favorite robot thing from this game? Uh, you first gummy bear. Uh, wasn't there like an ice jaguar thing? Yes, well, I like that one. Kind, yeah, kind, <laughs> maybe. I like that one. <laughs> no, I'm not going to give any further explanation. I just like that one. It was hard to beat the first time, but then afterwards it was, and, and mm. I liked it. But I also liked like the horses and stuff that you could just ride. So I thought that was cool too. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they had a they had um, those those bulls. Like not just yeah. like the horses, but the ones that had the massive like antlers. I thought that was so red. Like I don't know. I, I really like the atmosphere of the game. Like it's it's so beautiful. The the color palette's okay for most of the areas. I think some of them it's all just kind of washed together. But like the uh I don't know, the the these mechanical beasts outweigh actual wildlife and stuff and they're so yeah. well made oh. well i should say there's a good balance between that too because you actually have to hunt real animals which are like there's smaller prey like fish and turkeys and rabbits and shit that have survived but these like foxes. oh and foxes too sorry but these mechanical beasts like they actually they eat stuff off the land they eat actual prey like they they are essentially animals and they will eat like consuming eat humans too and stuff yeah, I, was... I hated the big icebergs or ice birds. <laughs> oh, iceberg. the, see, I was gonna say, you and the Titanic thing. have something in common. 
The Stormhawks were amazing. That's like those are late games. Those are the ones I mean. Yeah, the huge ones that are up in the mountains are like they're basically like giant like dinosaurs. They're bigger than dinosaurs. It's kind of like mini kaiju's because you can't hide from them. Well, they're great. That's why I love it. They're intense. Like the intensity was great. But my actual favorite of the game is in the DLC. If uh, Pew, did you get into the DLC at all? No, no, not at all. It was a great addition to the game. Me neither, and I should have. Sorry. It's all, no, it's all good. Um, and I, I went through it because I, I tried to do everything I can in the game, with sort of like dumb completionist stuff. I'm not, I'm not a monster. But the the DLC had some of the best animals because it's in the far north, and the climate's so different because they have three new, they have three new beasts. They have scorchers, which are kind of like packs of wolves that are that breathe fire, so they do way more fire damage than other ones you've had earlier in the game. Then there's, I don't remember what they're called exactly, but they're basically these ice bears that are ridiculous that like move and fight like bears are super fast and they punch and crap and they belly flop on you. They're insane. And they're actually like one of some of the hardest new things in the new one. And the whole theme of the frozen wilds, which is the name of the DLC, it is one of some of the hardest stuff in the game because it's so harsh that far north. You have to be tough to survive. And it goes, the, the theme goes into these, the tribes that far north. But when you finally get to the final boss, it's eventually a huge ass bear that's like a scorch bear, that's a fire bear, it's ridiculous, it has it's way faster, it has more intense attacks than this final one. And then you realize that it's the small ice one is a black bear and that's a grizzly bear. So the, it's distinct enough with these two beasts where originally I was butter because I was like, oh, they copied the bear, but I was like, no, because they actually because the big scorch bear moves differently, it's twice as big, it has different attacks. And there's even a thing where there's like a small collection quest up north where you're getting these things for like holograms and they go through, they talk about grizzly, like wolves, grizzly bears and black bears. And I was like, that's the distinction. So I thought that was cool because again, black bears are a little bit more mellow than grizzly bears, but they'll still F you, they'll still fuck you up. And grizzly bears are insane. And you never want to run into one of those. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Jumping is great in this game. I hate it in games when the jump doesn't feel good. The jump feels great in this game. <laughs> <laughs> True that. Yeah. Yeah, it feels, I don't know. Maybe on PC it's different. It feels a little bit janky. Like mm. the way you move in the air. Unless I'm maybe misremembering. Fair enough. I, I just hate it when you can't jump in a game. Yeah. God. Like if it's one of those things where you run up to something and then you'll yeah. jump or like an obstacle and then press square. It's like, no, just let me jump. Let me stand in place and jump up and down if I fucking want to. Do not please. ground me. God damn it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I completely agree with you with the jank and the jump. I think though it's because, and again, this comes back to the people comparing it to Breath of the Wild where I don't think it's a fair comparison because that's a game where you could jump and that was i think link was able to jump in a couple games before that but there's a lot of games where he can't jump and that's i hate that i hate not being Mm -hmm. able to jump i agree with that but yeah aloy's jump is totally janky but i'd rather have a janky decent good jump than no jump at all but breath of the wild has the whole climbing thing in the game and this is actually i think is a noteworthy for again the distinction between the two is that breath of the wild the gimmick is that you can climb anything and it's open you can kind of go and build your own adventure and build up your climbing bar where this game is no, like you can climb spectacular mountains and crazy paths, but it's kind of like there's preset climbing set rocks that are all yellow. 
and or different kind of colors and then you can kind of climb up there a couple different ways and you get to go up these massive landscapes and cool collectibles and it's a big part of the game is the calling in the height of these structures so it's a bit more linear than breath of the wild but it's still amazing and there's enough variation in it so that it's like actually entertaining to do so it's not even like a i'd say it's closer to uh, see not even assassin's creed because that's another one where you can climb anything but it's more open than linear but it's more linear than like a a climb anything game horizon zero dawn you can go in through the front door and go up the stairs or you can climb in the ladder to go in the second story window or you can be like (laughs) breath of the wild and slam in through the roof you have any (laughs) option possible yeah I mean, I played both these games a little bit late and years apart, but both kind of obsessively when I was playing them. And I would, I would not even, I didn't even really draw, I mean, because, I mean, I kind of understand for people who like really game hard where they would have played the same game as they were released apparently in the same year. But since I didn't have that experience, I not, not even for a second did I compare them in my mind. I feel like they're very different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I would never compare the two just because they're yeah. open world and they have yeah. monsters and stuff. They're two very different games. That's like almost like comparing Call of Duty and Battlefield almost. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like Battlefield is a large game where you have to utilize vehicles properly, mm-hmm. air support, all that stuff while taking points. Call of Duty, you have a small arena that you play in, right? You cannot yeah. compare the two. Just like Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn, Tomb Raider and Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> I agree with you completely in that. Not Tomb Raider, though. I'm going to take that back because that was just a joke. The Tomb Raider is super <laughs> linear. <laughs> it is not yeah, open no, world. Yeah, I feel like the structure is a lot different. The story's grander too, and it's almost like I almost like. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Should go. No, that was that was it for now. I was going to make the Western RPG and JRPG comparison, where Breath of the Wild oh, is yeah. actually more open and like make your own adventure, where this one is like a more grand adventure that's a yeah. bit more linear. So it's almost like With, reverse yeah. roles. All the all the side quests don't really affect the main story. Oh, actually, I have a thing about that. I have a whole thing about the side quests, but that's after spoilers because there's some side quests that are so awesome I want to mention because, sorry, this game, this is important to me too. All the side quests are amazing. They're all intricate stories that have you doing Mm -hmm. crazy shit. And y'all, at the end, you're always killing like a robot, but there's a a huge variation on them and the reasons for people doing them. And sometimes you have to like get certain resources and the resource dropping from the robots is fun in the game because you're trying to get like their hearts and shit like that and the better ones to trade for cool for better gear. But the oh god, the side quests. That's why I have those as a separate thing in my notes before we get into that. Yeah, definitely save that for that part. Yeah, sorry, that was just my quick thing. There as a gameplay thing. One more game design thing too in that whole is that there's a whole thing in the game where you get dialogue options for Aloy to pick like either a smart answer an aggressive answer or a super hippie peaceful answer Mm -hmm. (laughs) i wasn't the biggest fan of this because i felt like it's 
I don't know. I felt like it was a bit like of that kind of very illusion on it. And it's like kind of just weird out of character, right? Like there's no build towards it because you can kind of do all the different ones. Doesn't really do anything else with the story except for have her just react a little bit differently in different ways. Some people may like it. I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I almost kind of a wish because it's more JRPG style, just build the character in a certain way and have it really be, have it be very dynamic instead of having it being like a very static make your own adventure thing when it was already doing the bigger, grander JRPG narrative anyway. But I'm not being trying to be overly picky. It was just a little thing I wasn't the biggest fan of. Did any of those choices make a difference in the game? Okay, because whenever I see those kinds of things in the game, I freak out and I'm like, oh no. (laughs) side quest do. I have to be good. (laughs) Like, how's this going to change the game? And like, do I have to, you know, it's just like, it makes me have choice anxiety i guess no the side quests have a super awesome payoff which i'll get to the end but the that's what i mean though where those dialogue dialogue options have no payoff for anything in the story it's just how certain cutscenes play out essentially okay yeah no like i kind of figured like really early on in playing that 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 was the case but like i was like a little bit worried about it it's like you know some like some game there are not very many but few games where it really does all out dragon age yeah mm-hmm. yeah all out um fable Oh, there's another one. Heavy Rain. There's a ton of good games that are like that. Yeah, that's... and You that's... guys probably know more than I do that do that. So. Skyrim, <laughs> yeah. Skyrim to an extent, I guess. Uh, Skyrim, Sky... yeah, I never played that very much. So. Yeah, Sky... yeah. Skyrim I played on my uh, LG fridge, actually. Oh my god, that's amazing. I've never beaten Skyrim. I'm waiting I'm joking. for it. I, I do not have an LG fridge. <laughs> I'm waiting for it to come out of my toothbrush, and then I'll just do it when I'm brushing my teeth. I'm like Gummy Bear, and I will believe anything. Hello. I, I played, I played <laughs> Skyrim on my <laughs> bidet. Oh, I'm jealous that you have a bidet. I don't have a bidet. Oh, I'm Oh, I'm, I want a bidet though. Well, that's bo- both uh, of you have been convinced. LG fridge and a bidet. What do you think I am? I rich. I thought you're a. Ri- I thought you're a rich. A fabulous, genius. I thought you're a rich, fabulous streamer. Uh, yeah, I am. Yeah, that's my persona. I am a rich, fabulous. You're Steve Jobs. You're you're the mm. Steve Jobs of Twitch, right? No, actually, <laughs> I have. Oh I have. I'm laughing way too loud. You're gonna have to cut that down. <laughs> I can. I, I, I do that. I have. <laughs> I have a natural bidet. I have a natural bidet. There's a creek that runs in my backyard. After I'm done taking a shit, I do my little waddle outside, keeping my cheeks apart, and I just go wow. sit in the creek. That's it. This is way more intricate than I thought it would be, because what I thought you were going to say is your natural bidet was the water that splashes off it into your butthole when you when the poop hits the no, toilet. No, I'm not that immature. I have to I have to waddle out to the creek and I use that <laughs> as a natural bidet. Much more, much more your, extensive process. Just than... pads around your ankles. Yeah. Just like little taps. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, a little shuffle. Like, <laughs> yeah, oh, man, the, uh, the I worst. just pooped myself shuffle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you, you don't want anything to fall out either, right? You don't want any nuggets just to fall out and hit anything or fall in your pants, so you got to clench a bit too. Speaking of fallout, <laughs> they have a beautiful language system. Like, all of the choices that you choose in any Fallout game, except Fallout 4, actually means something. Yeah, I was going to say, except Fallout 4. I was going to say, I was like, that's true. Fallout New Vegas, I think, is the best for that. Did you see that segue, though? Poop Fallout, Fallout 4? 
I mean, I, I'm i clapping my, you know, all of my brain cells are clapping. I'll put in some you. applause for that, man. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some applause for that, man. Woo! I... God damn it. <laughs> uh, follow God, forward, though, yeah, like, dead. they all had the same ending. <laughs> it was all the same ending. Uh, Have final you final heard final. the podcast? Have you heard some of my jokes, dude? Like, oh, don't here. worry about it. Yeah. So one of the, so <laughs> one of the final things. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say that uh, one of the couple more details I want to point out about game design before we get into the hardcore story spoilers is that um, the trees are cool because you can hide behind them, but they can also get destroyed because these robot dinosaurs launch like heavy lasers that like blow shit up and destroy trees in your cover. So uh, that's a nice detail I like. Uh, but the other thing is that the crafting system is insane, and I, I'm not sure how I feel about it because I feel like it was going to be a loot box system where it's like, oh, you can pay for this shit, but then they backed out of it because they're like, we're not going to fuck our game with that. Yeah, yeah they didn't want to go uh, battle Battlefront two. I'm glad they didn't. Me too. I, I'm glad they didn't do that. But it's like almost feels like reminiscence because it, it doesn't feel like a crafting system that you would normally have in the game with the loot box structure in there. So it's like, uh, like this is this a thing you backed out on, which I'm glad because that would have pissed, that would have ruined the game for me. That would just like, it bugs me when that's in there. Honestly, I, that did come to thought, but my first thought lore wise was that they were packages of gifts from people, you know, from mm. different places that you've helped and all that. Because that's basically only where you got them. That's fair. That's actually a good. Uh, that's a good idea for that because it's a bartering society, so that makes sense. But yeah, that that's what came to mind for me anyway. Man, I, I like that idea. Unfortunately, have to go check on the crew yet, but um, I'll just yar. Sorry. Well, I was going to say something, but I forgot what it was about the game before, because Captain's going to go through the overview of the game, so I figured it was a good time to go do that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Thank you for being the, <laughs> right thank, you for being the thank you for being the union head, Quartermaster Gummy Bear. <laughs> uh, so, so these are the side quests I think are worth talking about, and these are going into major spoilers um, before, like, serious end story spoilers. So I want to hear you, how what you think about Ted Farrow. The job world's biggest dick. Yeah, fine. No, so let's. I'll get. We'll double back to the end. But uh, in the story, pre people of the past, Ted Farrow is the largest dick on the face of the earth, and we'll get to that. Yeah. Side quests I think are worth bringing up though that I thought were amazing. Is there's a side quest where there's like a fighting couple, and it's actually in this really cute like kind of blacksmith town where there's this kind of. There's this really awesome head blacksmith chick that's super badass. And she's also like kind of flirty. And I honestly ship her and Aloy together because they have like a bit of a thing where it's like, it's not like implied, but it's like, oh, I just, I want them shipped together because I think like they're cute. Yeah, there's a connection. <laughs> yeah, because she, she makes like a badass gun because they're both badass women. Like the whole thing is Aloy is super awesome. Everyone undermines her because she's a, not even because she's a woman. They undermine her because she's a, okay. she's a Nora. Yeah, like she's a she's a super badass, good strong female role model. Mm-hmm. There's a fun side quest about a tribe that secedes from their previous tribe, and they can't decide on a team name, so they're like always arguing over it. As you save their ass more than once. <laughs> uh, this I is do all the DLC. That. Yeah. Wait, that is is that the DLC? 
Yeah, that's in the DLC. I must have watched a video then. I I I, I pretty well remember that. Okay. Well, this is a really interesting thing because the whole point of the DLC. So throughout the story, there's like this evil. The evil cult is being controlled by this weird computer virus called Hades that nobody can make sense of, and it gives them the ability to control the machines. Then you go into the DLC, there's like a similar thing up north, but it's called Hephaestus. And the difference is that they rebuild those, so they have like a power to like rebuild themselves and heal slowly, like regeneratively. And eventually as it gets out, there's like an AI in the mountain that is supposed to stop, like uh, it's in Yellowstone Park, it turns out, as because uh, you get to hear these ancient audiobooks. And there's like a giant, basically, as they describe, a giant cork in a volcano to stop it from blowing up and destroying the Earth. Because it's like a mega volcano. Oh. And yeah, and science job is to protect that. And it's like, it's like she says she's good for like hundreds of thousands of years. But that's kind of just like, that's her thing, though. But as like she gets to know Aloy, she kind of unveils everything about her. Because there's an interesting dynamic. Because as Aloy travels around, she gets to know that all these computer things are remnants of a previous age. And everyone thinks like that they're gods and that they're weird things to communicate with. And there's like shaman that communicate with the machines and know how to hunt and like get, get parts out properly. And Cyan and Aloy have this weird kind of moment where they both know what each other are, but Cyan's like, yeah, so these people think I'm a God. Like, should I tell them the truth and I'm just a computer or should I just let it roll? Because it'll be easier for them to comprehend. So there's like an interesting ethical thing. But as like a really, this is actually a really sick thing. This didn't make me cry. This made me kind of like tense up. Is that the way that Cyan describes Hephaestus taking over her and making these evil machines? She, it almost sounds like a rape scenario in her mind. But like in computer, like the wording they use is not. It's not like direct like that. But it's nuanced enough so that like, yeah, it's like it's horrifying. You know what I mean? Kind of like a Jessica Jones thing. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really conveyed though, because like I said, it was very tastefully done, and I, I'm being very crass with that. But I just couldn't think of another way, as because it's like a kind, of, it, or maybe that was the analogy I took from it. But it was very, it was a very tight analogy about somebody just t- taking over your mind and kind of abuse like that. Yeah. She and it's kind of interesting because like Cyan is also she like feels like she's human and she's scared to be alone. And this actually this is this game okay this game made me cry twice actually, once in the DLC where. There's a point when the world's ending and everyone knows the apocalypse is happening and her creators are talking to her and she's like, what's happening? And they're like, you're going to go and sleep. You're going to be a while. Just do me a favor. When you get woken up, help the first humans that just help them. The first humans that come into contact with you. And then she's like, why did you make me so smart? And the guy explains that to make you to save humanity in the future, we had to make you so smart and kind of go behind government regulations and make you smart enough so that you'd kind of get to a point where even if we didn't teach you to feel emotions, you would eventually learn it yourself because the way your brain builds on itself. So you were always going to have the feelings of like a AI human and there's nothing we could do about it. And the very end, she's like, okay, well, what's going to happen now? And he's like, I have to go be with my fan or I have to go be with my, um, my sister and her kids. And he's like crying during this. And Cyan, the AI asks like, will you stay with me while, um, while I go into um, rest mode? And he's like, just kind of like, like, like sniffling and sobbing. It's like, yeah, like I'll, I'll stay as long as you need me to. And it's like the sweetest, most heart wrenching thing. Cause it's like this AI, it feels as much of a computer. And it's like, it's like a kid to him. And I've oh got to see like, I'm even tearing up as I talk about it now, but it was really just, 
it was so gut wrenching, and it was I didn't expect it at the end of this DLC when it was like the feels got me so hard, man. Oh, uh, yeah, that that does sound pretty rough, man. That, it, that it, sounds it really, beautiful, though. It does. It, oh God, it was. It was so beautiful because there's like a relationship after two with the people after, and then kind of like a main character dies again in this world, but then and there's like her brother that kind of had like a resentful thing for her, but now they're at peace. So then he has to kind of overcome that and work together with her because his sister, who was a shaman was friends with his AI and he like hates machines. So like there's character development in this, uh, this like side character in this too. So it's like, it's so well constructed. Like this is DLC that it's again, I would say this is perfect DLC because it's not, it doesn't feel like a cash grab. It felt like, Maybe it wasn't necessary in the main story, but it adds extra flavor and detail to the background of the story. The world around it. Yeah, and they just include it now in the definitive edition, but it's definitely worth playing through. Like, it adds the world more interesting, and it, like I said, gut-wrenching story made me cry. Oh, yeah. I I, I would 100% recommend the game. There's so much replayability. You don't even have to replay it. That there's There's enough content where you could play it for know at least a hundred hours before you complete it it's basically i think i was about 80 or so i basically did every all the hunting challenges that i deemed weren't bullshit because i was playing on hard to mind you and part of this is this is me something too is like this is an older thing as i have to understand that just because i plan hard like not all hard modes are balanced equally Sometimes there's some shit that's a bit bullshitty and not fairly designed, but that's fine. So I, there's a couple things I didn't do, but I did mostly everything in this game. Because uh, I just wanted the full round of everything. Gummy Bear. Hello, I'm back. <laughs> Hello. Back to report. Are we on to the story part? Uh, yeah, so going in then here, uh, do we want to say full spoilers here? Yeah, sure. Does anyone else want to try to articulate everything that happened? Uh, not really. <laughs> okay. We're so articulating mood right oh, now. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. This is what I do. This is where I. This is all I do for the thing. I just talk. I scream into a microphone, and uh, this is your job. This is my job. And then edit. So, <laughs> as Aloy progresses through the story, she befriends a dude named Silas, who is like a supercomputer hacker guy that has kind of like nihilistic scientific dickish attitude where he's like just emotionless about everything and like fuck everybody in pursuit of knowledge and like everything about feelings where Aloy has feelings about stuff to points where like she's like listening to old memory chips of people dying in huge apocalyptic things and he's like yeah it happened thousands of years ago so what and it's like in the cold thing where he's right but he's also kind of heartless about it because she just is like empathizing for those people as they progress through the story, they find out that Hades was some kind of weird thing, the AI that just kind of came, woke up one day as Silas, as Silas was salvaging shit. And cannon fire. Sorry, we just got nicked by... Sorry, someone... Sorry, one second, uh, Pew. Uh, I'll continue with this, but yeah, sorry. Occasionally, our crew, when they're uh, having problems, they fire off the cannons. <laughs> Anyway, though, but anyway, so it turns out that Silas kind of gave Hades access to people and this, like, dark cult. Oh, shit, sorry. Um, and there's kind of an interesting, like, world building where the Karja are this huge, more developed kingdom where they're almost like, if you're going to compare, like, with Game of Thrones, they're kind of like the King's Landing, essentially, of this world. 
where they're a huge ass city on a big mountain and everyone's like, oh, we're the more civilized and nor are backwater people. So this world has a lot of background. Like it's the history is interesting. And I actually say Game of Thrones, that's because there's like the history in the last 200 years of these tribes all warring with each other and having like weird cultish blood raids. And then there's a history of thousands of years before that when the world ended. So like the layering is amazing and how everything's divvied out. But anyway, though, so Silas is basically the reason why Hades is out working with this cult. That's a result of a political dispute in the Karja so many years ago. Uh, and they're trying to kill Aloy because Aloy is the chosen one. And as this thing kind of resolves, there is a weird thing, complex plan called Horizon Zero Dawn, where this asshole named Ted Farrow, who's probably a stand in for Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates and all those guys. He makes these robots that are called peacekeepers that feed off biofuel and kind of have a smart enough AI to tell humans to fuck off. So they end up like just consuming everything on earth. So basically it'll be a barren wasteland. So the super awesome doctor named Elizabeth Sobet was, or sorry, Elizabeth Sobet, very distinct with her name, not Elizabeth, Elizabeth. She makes this plan so that humanity will die no matter what, but eventually thousands of years later, there'll be like different cloning facilities in different areas that will clone humans, kind of raise them with like AIs and holograms and shit. And then eventually unveil leaves them into the world to rebuild once it's safe to live. And it turns out that she invented all the crazy dinosaurs and robots that you've been killing this entire game. And these are systems that she created to balance the um, build the earth back. So like they eat stuff, they give out biomass. So they're basically like, the earth will fall apart if they're not here helping balance the um, environment. But it's a very complex AI system where the overall AI, mother AI called Mother Gaia, if she Fs up, she needs to be able to purge the earth and restart. That's where Hades comes in. So they come in with like a compl- the more extra story you listen to for the extra vocal pieces, you find out that Hades is like a complicated thing where it will, it has to quit temporarily give him the pilot control but then guy has to take it back over because if they're both at the helm, it goes like terrible. Um, some glitch happened when like lightning struck a mountain and it blew up a reactor. And then Hades was able to kind of overpower Gaia. So in her last effort, she cloned Elizabeth Sobet, who's like the Neo basically of this world. Who's like your DNA can restart this entire system. She basically is. She's fucking yeah, Neo. She's true. I she's, didn't cr- think about that. she's created to solve everything as like the as the as Jesus. The perfect one. So Ginger, so Ginger Steampunk Jesus, um, is she her DNA? Because like her DNA, the entire game can unlock these things, and you have no idea why. And it turns out that she's a clone of the Master Creator. And then, but then there's this kind of weird thing where there was part of this entire plan was to give humanity all of the culture, knowledge, mathematics, everything we had developed, we would give it to them as knowledge so that they could just start where we left off and not make our same mistakes. But then this entire like team, the smart team that was there, that their job, and there, and there was also their job to finish the program because the world ended before they were able to finish the program. So they had to finish this into the apocalypse. Ted Farrow, the fuckhead that started the whole death robot thing in the first place, he overrides everybody because Elizabeth Sobeth is like, even in the end, she sacrifices herself to save her coworkers. Like she's a fucking awesome character too, which is why your Aloy is awesome. But dickhead Ted Farrow is like, 
the world, they need to start anew, like a fresh baby. They're like, if they have our knowledge, they're just going to war again. And yeah, and I'm going to kill all you guys. And yeah, and I don't want them. And then, so he basically kills them off and deletes all the data of all of humanity's, like everything up to that point. So that there's literally not no knowledge for them to take off for the humans to learn off of other than these holograms of raising them, which are basically just parental care and basic shit. So that's why humanity is like at caveman level, after after this huge program to save everything and it's a separate thing for the story and this actually made me mad because the entire attitude that ted farrow goes off the entire time and all these different clips you see him in it seems like he just doesn't want people to know that he fucked up and he ruined the world and he's like oh is the press going to get out and blah 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 i don't want them to know i'm responsible and elizabeth actually gets him to agree to a plan with the threat of everyone to know you're the one that ruined the world if you don't instill this crazy ass plan to restart humanity and all this crazy drama shit and then I have a theory, and this is okay, this is a post-game theory for going into the very next game, but I think I have a theory because there's like the Forbidden West, they mentioned a couple times in this game, that Ted Farrow, he didn't want anyone to know that he ended the fucking Earth, so that's why he deleted everything, but I think that the story is going to be that he like, he created himself up as a god in another section of the world, so they treat him as like a god, and mm-hmm. he's like, he's actually this asshole because he, he was able to fuck with the system because he seems like that kind of douchebag. Sorry, and that's the end of my rant for that. Good rant. Thoughts on the whole story, Gummy Bear or Pew? Uh, I my thoughts on the story are um like usually when I play bigger games like this, I will try to get as many of the side quests that I actually can do done because if I finish the game and I don't get to the side quests, I'm not going to go back and i'm not probably not going to do new, new game plus and like mm-hmm. i'm not sometimes it's like depending on the game like i'm not always a completionist but sometimes i am so like i can't really say that i am either way but with um new horizon um i was trying to do the thing where i made sure i was doing as many as the side quests as possible but then i got to a point in the story where the story was so like the mainline story was so good that I was just like fuck the side quests and then mm-hmm. I just finished the game because I just wanted to know what was going on. like I just mm-hmm. wanted to know everything I was like this is so good like but I feel like it was about the halfway or like like you know like three quarter way through where I was just like okay I can't I don't even want to waste my time on like not that the side quests were were bad like they were good but I was just like like addicted almost to the the mm-hmm. main story where where for once I just decided not to do the side stuff and unfortunately like like usual like I didn't ever go back and play this the rest of the side stuff that I missed. <laughs> I was just gonna say there, there's a point where you just want to get to the end. It, it's like yeah just needed to know that like 80 percent mark you're like okay let's just sprint it <laughs> i need to just finish this yeah well here's where i want to touch on the here's where the side quest pay off because it's actually a really awesome this totally pays off if you go and do all of them in a badass way because you meet a lot of cool characters along the way and i didn't mean to rhyme that shit <laughs> so there's i just want to point out a couple cool side quests Ooh. so there's bandit cap that you raid and there's this dude named nil who like loves killing because he's an ex-soldier and he just loves murdering people 
but he doesn't want to get blamed for it. So he's like, kill bandits because nobody likes them. So nobody complains if you kill them. And I get to murder freely and nobody complains. So he's fucking hilarious. There's, and there's also obviously the awesome chick that uh, I ship, I ship Aloy with. Um, in the <laughs> North, you have those extra quests with like the chieftain. Um, you, there's this crazy story of a shaman where he like drinks the oil and shit from these, from the dinosaurs and has like crazy hallucination hallucinations. And it's always like weird stuff. He sees there's, Oh, and there, here's an example, like one crazy ass side quest in where you go into shadow Carja territory, you unveil a secret plot and where they're killing the weaker of the populace to save resources. So they're like calling them off by poisoning the water resource. And then within there too, they also have the former, like a blood heir of the previous King of the Carja that they're kind of propping up with a priest and you do this elaborate revolution thing where you cause a distraction, you get the king out because they're kind of hostages by this crazy religion based around Hades. And then you see smuggle this child king back to the Karja so he can be safe because like it's one of those weird dynasty things where people want to kill him because of his blood heir. So like that's just one side quest. Is it's There's very interesting stuff. But what's cool about this is all of these side quests that you do, the very end of the game in the final mission when Hades is like rallying the huge army, the Shadow Karja thing is super there and the main bad guy that i haven't talked about because i can't remember his name because he doesn't pop up that much but he's really awesome when he does he's rallying his army against you and every basically there's a point when the final mission when you have to go around to do your battle preparations and every side quest that you beat every cool character you met will be there and they'll talk to you and you can have dialogue with them and they're like yeah we're gonna do this and they fight with you and as you do your thing when you <laughs> run from point to point they will be there to help you out so it's like a little bit easier if you do the side quest so there is a totally cool. a payoff that's that. really fun it's it's not necessary to beat the game but it's really fun and it's a nice thing to like end off your adventure yeah that's pretty rad huh. i did not know that mm. uh yeah and like going Touching into the soundtrack here before we're like, we're going to cut this off soon here. Mm-hmm. Sorry. What do you guys think about that? Because I, I just want to take it as a quick thing. Cause people can, or I want to compare this as a breath of the wild thing. Does something, some people criticize that soundtrack for being very basic with just kind of like light piano music and some whistling. I loved it, but people criticized it for being kind of like linear, I guess. And I, I enjoyed it, but they, what they said, it wasn't very diverse. I do thought you mean the, the breath of the wild soundtrack. Yes. You should see my face right now because I'm, I'm appalled. Yeah, the bare face is more scrunched than I've ever seen it before in my life. My I love the soundtrack, but I'm just saying that was a complaint. And my final thing before I let you guys talk about the music is that I love the music of Horizon Zero Dawn and I thought it was just very crazy and diverse. I like both soundtracks from both games. I thought they were both amazing, but that was a complaint. But I think that comparatively, Horizon Zero Dawn had more like diverse music than that. But it was also, again, just more more like the way the game was designed. But I liked both soundtracks, Gummy Bear. I'm done now. Talk. Now talk and tear me apart for being a shell that a shit doesn't that, that doesn't appreciate music. You go first before you explode stuffing everywhere. Did fucking people really say that about this about Breath of the Wild soundtrack? A couple reviewers did. They just complained about being repetitive. Like 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 they're like, I know that they're going for like a simple nature theme, but they could have had a bit more diversity in it. Was like roughly the, the exact music ones. literally I... interacts with what's going on in your environment, whether it's night and day, whether there's a battle, whether there's a battle with a certain thing. It it will change based on what the fuck is going on, and 
I loved it. I'm just saying that was a, a critic. I, uh, that was a criticism I heard in a review. I don't even agree with it. It was just one I heard. I heard it in more than one video. I'm just. I'm. I'm really sorry. Like I don't even have like that much more to say about it. It's just like I really, really like the Breath of the Wild soundtrack. <laughs> you fall asleep to it. It's really funny. Like it's. And I was like, yeah, this is a perfect soundtrack to fall asleep to. Like, it's <laughs> great sleepy time. Yeah. Music. Well, I mean, if you if you uh, it's only great sleepy time music if you just if there if there aren't any like um re-uploads of the music with the anxiety piano from the like guardians and stuff and like so the music that i might fall asleep to um compilations usually don't include like some of like the other tracks where it's like you know like you're walking along and it's like a happy daytime track and maybe it's a happy daytime track kind of combined with the the horse music and they and then all of this is all of this is written to like combine at the same time together really well mm-hmm. where it's like the the daytime music in the 110 will be different if you're riding a horse or not and then you come across a certain villain and then all of a sudden it'll be like like anxiety piano I didn't and you're like oh and you're like where is it <laughs> or like you know like you know for the guardians or like the lionels and like different kinds of battle music will intertwine with like the night and day music that's going on. And like, that is way more ingenious than just a plain old soundtrack. And that is the hill I will die on. End rant. Thank you. You yeah, <laughs> as a, as a music expert, do you have a follow-up to that, that, that <laughs> very passionate <clears throat> passion rant, we'll say. Uh, uh. <laughs> She's very right. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't play Breath of the Wild. I, I played it. So I bought a, I bought a Switch when I was in Japan. And when I got home, like I just played a bit of Breath of the Wild because my sister had it for me. Um, and it was okay. Like I, I've never, I've never been a massive Zelda fan. I loved Ocarina of Time and, Majora's Mask, just because at the time I I just, you know, that was what I played and the story was awesome for both. Um but I don't know. It, it just the the I I couldn't get too far into it, but the music was always good. Always good. And it, I yeah. I've I watch streamers a lot. Uh I I watch streamers quite often. And just like I watch playthroughs of Breath of the Wild and everything, and man, like that, it's ingenious how they, how they loop it all together, like you were saying. Yeah, like musical. There's some like real musical talent going on right there. Some blending. To have it all kind of like tie together in different ways. Nighttime music and horse music. Nighttime music, boss music. You know, like all of it, depending on your environment. Your horse boss. Horse boss this town. <laughs> Horse boss at night in the town with the spade. <laughs> a goblin. And yeah, it just flows so well. Like, I don't feel like there's, I don't, I can't think of another game, specifically a game soundtrack that flows that well Kingdom with Hearts. what you're doing. Yeah. Oh, oh, fair enough. Kingdom Hearts. Uh, oh, oh, here's a good one. Snow Runner. It's a game about building infrastructure in in the middle of nowhere using four by four trucks 
when you start driving <laughs> fast, it gets real American. It's like brown <laughs> slide guitar. It was made by a bunch of Russian guys, but you're like driving in like fucking Milwaukee. It's so good. <laughs> Actually, I want to. I, I need to look. I gotta. I gotta write that down so I can look that up because that sounds awesome. Yeah, Snowrunner soundtrack. Okay. <laughs> the, the game's I... really fun, by the way. You build like you, you build like a mining rig in the Yukon and like shit like that. It's rad. Snowrunner. Yeah. That sounds dope. Yeah, it was a. Uh, I guess one more thing too. I, I wanted to bring up about both these games is going back to the soundtrack. Is that there's a lot of games I know that have great soundtracks. I can't think of any as awesome as what you guys listed off. But these two games to me have stood out as like, yeah, these have great soundtracks. And again, like with Red Dead, like we talked about earlier, these are just two great soundtracks I would actually listen to in my own time, I think. Like, they're yeah. good enough for that. These are very well-deserved, high-tier games, I'd say. I, I would agree. Um, I would never say that that The Last of Us was a bad game in any means. It was a fantastic game from what I watched. I never played it again. But mm-hmm. from what I've seen, I watched it like a movie. It was it was a, a beautiful story, a great soundtrack. The game looked nice. Like the graphically wise, it was a great looking game, you know. Even for its time. Yeah. It did no, it totally. for, sure. <laughs> for its time. God. Um. Yeah, like. God, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm getting old, man. Arthritis <laughs> in my knees is really bad. <laughs> I am fifty. Uh, anyway, no, and and Horizon Zero Dawn, I I think is the superior game. I mm-hmm. I enjoyed how much there was to do. It, it never seemed like I, I I was looking for something. I always knew that there was something that needed to be done. By God, I was going to do it. You get lost in the wild. That's the thing with that. You just actually get lost doing stuff. Get lost on the horizon. A, lo- a lot of the time, it was just taming horses. Just finding... <laughs> nicer yeah, horses right? like i i love the bull man i always or like all the, all the flowers finding all the, like the metal flowers and mm-hmm. stuff all the collectibles oh. I, I got it really into that the oh i love the vessels the vessels were hilarious because they're all mugs and the dude thinks they're all ceremonial and stuff and it's like what if they were drinked out of what that's preposterous these were for ancient ceremonies you idiot girl it's so funny <laughs> the yeah, um, I was gonna say the I like the diversity in the horses though too, right? My favorite was the ram because I like curly horns. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, they had like there was diversity. They had a lot of different enemies, which is again something I always appreciate in the game is they all play differently and react like a bit differently. And the horses are like a little bit like reskinny, but they still do different shit, and they it's cool. Yeah, no, for sure. But yeah, there there's a lot of diversity in in the wildlife and stuff, and. Like uh, there, there were moments of awe, like when when you would, when you first come across that giant platform monster. Oh yeah! Like where you you get the map pieces? Yeah, and you just kind of like you're walking up to it, and the camera pans up, and you're like, "Yeah, this motherfucker's (laughs) big. (laughs) I'm gonna climb you, you dumb animal." (laughs) It's dope, and that's. 
Well, and that's what we'll say. Looking forward to the next game because as a final spoiler before we wrap this up is in credit scene, Silas sees like this god tier machine that's like the size of a mountain, and he captures Hades in a vase. So he has like an evil genie, basically. <laughs> He's got a genie in a bottle. Hades ain't gonna get away. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sorry, man. We, I, I, you know, you know, I could talk to you for another two hours. Yeah. We do gotta wrap this up. No, I'm, um, I'm getting tired yeah. too. Yeah. What would you say about this game, though? How would you how would you rate this on a, and your scale of old t shirts to comfy hoodies? How would you rate this game? Uh, I'd give it seventeen Mel Gibsons at a Gary Busey. Oh my god! At least at least seventeen, yeah. Yeah, yeah I would. Again, I would say this game is definitely worth playing, and I think it'll be worth playing like twenty or thirty years from now. Uh, uh, That—that's that, a stretch, man. Twenty, thirty years from now, with the advancement of technology, I'm—I'm going to be slamming we'll we'll my play VR back by then, and we'll like be—we'll—we'll—we'll we'll, we'll actually believe in twenty or thirty years, we'll play a port in VR where we actually believe that we are the character for the entirety of our gameplay. Yeah. I'll, I'll be wait, laying wait, wait, in wait, bed. I'm my myself. I'm not alloy. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Sorry, go. <laughs> I was gonna Sorry, say I'll, I'll be out. laying in bed, connected to my Google brain or whatever, <laughs> Elon Musk's Neuralink. Just <laughs> yeah. like, just laying in bed doing whatever. I don't have Dude. to move. I could be. <laughs> I could be living off tubes. You know, he's going to pull some, like, Sword Art Online shit with that Neuralink, right? Like, just so so we're clear, Black he's going to do that. Okay. Some Black Mirror it. But I was going to say that this, uh, uh, the interesting thing about this game will be, like, how I said that Final Fantasy VII is, like, that's 20, that game's 20 years old, and that game is, like, not aged well. Uh, I wonder if that'll be, we'll look at the same, like, people looking back and be like, oh, this game is so gross, and, like, <laughs> that'll be that. How did anyone like this game back then? You're right, the way the technology goes, but. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. I, I think it would be a game that you could go back and play again. Like, mm. I think a lot of the games now, anyway, you, you should be able to go back and play in, you know, 20, 30 years. Just like, you know, nowadays people are going back and playing whatever. Like, you know, a lot of indie games are made how games had to be made back then. You know, there wasn't more than sixteen bits to a to a little character, right? Everything mm-hmm. everything was sprites. Now a lot of yeah. games are just sprites with good shadows and lighting. <laughs> like like a, a game that you will be reviewing next, Octopath Traveler. Yes. yes. That no, game not... another beautiful segue. That game <laughs> and clap, clap, I will I, I'm looking forward to the next episode. I haven't I haven't played Octopath. I I got it for a friend once, but he never told me about it. So I'm gonna <laughs> listen and thank you. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I don't want to give too much away, but I'd say it's an interesting game. And like to end on that, it would be that it's a good pick up and play put down game because the game does really good story cues and story journal tracking. So like, I for the longest time I was playing it when I was flying to different places and airports three thirty years ago before COVID happened. Yeah. Uh and it's good to pick up and just kind of get back into play somebody's quests, then go down and then put it down for a year and you're all good. Um, 
But yeah, man, I just want to say though, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, no worries. It was really so appreciate that. And you're you're yeah, also this has been a lot of fun. You are you are our first sponsor with like gifting us our art. So we like thank you so much for that. You are you're quite an officer and a gentleman. Yeah. Uh, so what? How do how can people watch you stream and stuff? Uh, <laughs> when I get back to streaming, it will be at Twitch tv slash pew pew laser beam uh it's with a z and a double e you, you'll see it don't worry it'll come up yeah <laughs> send it send, send it to send just send it to us after this and we'll uh we'll make sure it's in the uh, links i will also i you, i am uh to making a podcast but it is more related to music and I would love to have you on to talk about your love of 80s power ballads. <laughs> Although good. neither of you ever uh, used that. Neither of, us, neither of us talked about never use the word power ballad. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. No, at the very you most, I'd be saying power that. No, ballad. I said that meatloaf you is like ballad style you music. You love 80s power ballads. They're powerful. Okay, good night, you guys. This is really fun. You guys can argue about the power ballad thing. On Pew's podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And it was really nice to talk to you again. Thank yeah, you. We appreciate it. I miss you dearly. I can't wait to hang out with you. Since now we're both, we got micro trips. We can actually hang out now. But, you know. <laughs> yeah, ever since I got vaccinated, I've been really wanting to buy Windows products recently. I don't know why. <laughs> My cell, my cell service has been way better for some reason. It, yeah, mine too. I haven't really had a dead zone. My arm kind of itches when I'm near a computer, but I mean, aside from that, it's pretty sweet. Okay, also it's kind of un- undying. It's like loyalty to Bill Gates for some reason, but I don't know. That's for another day. Fuck Linda. Anyway. All right, have a good night, guys. Take care, man. You have too, a good man. night. Thank you for being on our ship. No worries. All right, see you, bud. And we're gonna close up the podcast. Yes. So. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for listening to Canadian Pyrocast, the summer special. And you just can't let it roll for a second, just so I can get a sound beat to take out the silence, because we didn't have the five seconds of silence in the beginning. Just for us. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, buddy. Come on, fights, you were nearly blinded. Yelling out the way it won't do much good. Thanks again to anyone who listened to our podcast today. If you'd like to know more about what we talked about, sources are in the description. And if you'd like to contact us, ask questions, or give feedback or anything, you can email us at canadianpiratecast at gmail.com or follow Beckham Kid on Facebook and Beckham underscore kid on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page for Canadian Pirate Casts. We appreciate anyone taking the time to talk to us, and that's all in the description. Bye!